1: Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And here we are back again after an unbelievable weekend of rugby and uh, so much good stuff to talk about in very, very difficult and challenging times. The three of us are here, as ever, as we are, 52 weeks of the, of the year, the longest-running rugby podcast, the only rugby podcast that never misses a week. Make ever. Sure, ever. Ever. And for, as we turn, <laughs> as it turned out, as Phil pointed out last week, a, a listener let us know, um, in our eighth season, not our seventh season, nevertheless, our, oh. our feed still <laughs> says season seven.
2: but Yes. There you go. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that when we launch our Patreon, which we uh, new breaking news next week or the week after, when we sort out some small technical issues, we've give, we've already given you a whole yeah. series for free, yeah, a whole series for free, yeah,
1: uh,
2: which is the mystery series eight, which we don't know where that is, yeah, um, but also we have missed a week. We missed a week uh, around seven years ago. We took one off for Christmas. Did we? Yeah. So that's like a super rare. That is a super rare collector's edition now, so I reckon when people start signing, on, signing up for the pa- Patreon, the first thing we should do is give that ep- episode away to whoever it is that whoever it is that signs it first.
1: What, yes, we. Yes. The DVD
2: of the missing episode. Our missing episode DVD. Um, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, a vinyl.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, our missing episode. <laughs> uh, our missing episode will be there. Do you, uh, do you know what else? Uh, if I could find some very very old files on a computer or a hard drive somewhere of our early episodes and some of the bits that, no. that i used to edit out no because this what you're <laughs> what you're hearing right now is as we record it we no longer editing takes place but i used to spend more time <laughs> editing than i
2: did than we did actually <laughs> recording so we did that in the old xfm studios now obviously Correct. you left oh you...
1: sorry just one just re- very quickly that's jb hello uh phil is, is uh in the egg chaser's tmo shipping container how you doing phil
0: Hello. Very good. Very good. Thank you,
2: Tim. Good.
1: Sorry, JB, continue. Yes, yeah. we did used to do the show in the, in, in the XFM studio.
2: No doubt there'll be a, a baffled maintenance engineer who goes in, who went into that studio maybe a year after you left. I'm like, what on earth are these files, ramblings about yeah. Thomas <laughs> Waldron? So uh, there's these things, we call them hotkeys in
1: radio studios. It's like a, it's a cart wall is another word. Basically, it's where you keep all your sound effects. So you, you have the one the sc- Yeah, exactly. Oh no, the thing's not up. Yeah, that exactly. So buttons that you can press that, <laughs> that make certain noises. What, what did I used to use that sound effect for again? Twitter. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I, I had all the ones from my XFM breakfast show and all the regular features that you still on the show. And I remember one time my boss just saying, "Just, just going through people's cartwheels and stuff." What? What? Who I I can't remember who it was but it was like who, who is Thomas Waldron and why do you have a song about him? It <laughs> was Alex Corbiziero. What why have you got a guy why are you rapping about a guy called Alex Corbiziero? So why wouldn't you? Why, why wouldn't you indeed? What, could, firstly should we just say what an amazing weekend of rugby. It finally sort of
2: kicked off, didn't it? It finally it ignited.
0: Yeah, there's there's a few few things to get excited about, not least uh, a ninety-six point match, but also the game today was, mm. while not always the best spect- uh, well, the, not always the best skill set on show. It was a hell of a game to watch. It was a great spectacle.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, uh, weirdly, the rugby was so good. I mean, I mean, why it is good? It's so competitive. I think it's so a couple of teams that won that will be a little bit more worried, just their performance rather than the result, because everyone seems to have played well. Uh, Every losing team, as far as I can see, there's a lot to be there's a lot to be proud of and a lot to be built on. For some of the winning teams, their performance. Well, the only positive they can take out of it was the win. Any anyone in particular? Uh, we'll go into it later.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes,
1: and I, I I think there's one or two teams that would think that was not a positive performance, and they also lost. So we will get into that as well. Mm. Um. But there is some rugby news knocking around. Uh, and one breaking bit of news just before we came on the podcast, it, it appears the well, the much-vaunted Alex Sanderson, who as soon as the, sort of Steve Diamond left his role at Sale Sharks was, was the, the fan's choice and he was uh, one of the favourites, he's been made director of rugby.
2: Yeah, this is a massive relief. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, this is a massive, massive relief. For the neutrals. For all neutrals out there, um, (laughs) this is really good news because uh, I do think that Newcastle are playing very well, but ultimately their existence as a premiership club is at best precarious. I don't mean this year, I don't mean right now. I mean in general, since their existence. Leeds no longer exist. So Sale really are the club which fly fly that northern flag where the majority of the players are actually from. And I think it is so important that Sale went out and got someone from this area of the country. I think Sanderson's from Lancaster, is he not?
1: Uh, he's, he's from he's the sure, northwest somewhere. Preston, yeah. Lancaster, somewhere. No, this there. is
2: Phil, no, this
0: is your patch, Phil. Well, I know he went to Kirkham Grammar School. Um, I, I'm not sure where he was born, but I know he played obviously for Sale for a good few years. Played for um, the early part of his career for Sale.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, Sale could have gone down a whole different road. They could have gone a South African coach, an Australian coach, someone not, not from the area, local clubs for local people. Um, but, like, they went and got Sanderson. He, was, he is the right guy. Now, I, I want to broaden this discussion out a little bit in a minute about, you know, who is qualified to be a, be a DOR, who isn't. Because I, I shared some thoughts about this with Phil uh, earlier on this week. Um but, yeah, I'm really, really happy that Sale have gone gone down, down, down this road. It sort of cements the club's identity. Well,
1: much as, like, in football, there are tracksuit managers and there are uh, suit managers and stuff, and there are guys who are more like Harry Redknapp who'll get his team of coaches and then do a bit of wheeler dealing Yeah. Although I shouldn't, I wouldn't say that to his face. Because remember the time that uh, an interviewer did, someone said, uh, "You know, a bit of a wheeler." De- I'm not, a, I'm not an effing wheeler dealer. I'm a football manager, um, <laughs> and then stormed off. But uh, I think Sanderson will be more of a hands-on coaching
2: DOR, won't he? I would have thought. But so, more
1: yeah. like a head coach than a DOR, actually. In fact, well, he, is he head coach or DOR?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I, I don't know. Um, rugby pass are reporting this now, so that, we're going off that now. I'd have to read the article, but I would be amazed if he would go for anything less than DOR with full control.
0: Yeah. So he's on on the Rugby Pass article, um, he's listed as going as director of rugby. Yeah. Which for me is it is interesting. Obviously, sales no longer have a director of rugby. Um, but we've seen um Former players and former coaches take up director of rugby roles for the first time to certainly mix successes in the past few years. And it's, as I see it, it's a very different skill set, or it, it, the role can be carved as a very different skill set from the coaching role. We know that Sanderson is a good coach. We know he's been part of that um, Saracen, that's incredibly successful Saracen setup. But does he have the right skills to translate uh, to DOR? That's it's another, it's
1: another young. English coach in a DOR role it's a gr- oh, Yeah, I mean, Paul that's... Gustard Steve Borthwick Alex Sanderson now who else um, um, uh, Stuart Hooper
0: yeah Hoops um, Andy Farrell if you want to go uh, across the water and Count Island. yeah um, is a relatively young former it, Saracen um, it's, it seems oh, to be uh, the trend.
2: Skivington trends. Skivington as well there you going. go uh, with a young yeah. coaching group too um, yeah here is my thoughts on these appointments in general. So, uh, as Phil Next to refer to quite often, the Peter Principle, which is promoted to your point of incompetence. is that uh, pr- Promoted to a level
1: above your incompetence. Okay. So the, you see this in businesses all the time. People get a promotion. They were amazing at the job they did, get a promotion to a high level. They can't do it, and they end up getting bombed out of the business rather than celebrated and maybe paid more for the thing
2: that they're really good at. Yeah. Well these guys who are coming into these DOR roles, for the m- most part, have only ever done one job to a substantial degree. Borthwick was a line up coach. He did a little bit of other thing a few other things with England, but primarily he was a line up coach. And he's got a great reputation and now he's a DOR. Gustard the same. Um, Sanderson, the same. Uh he'll he a line up coach, effectively, was he not? For, for, forwards coach at Irish forwards coach so if you look at those guys and what they've done where they've gone maybe it just shows that the game is specialising and it's very hard to be a fo- my, it'd be very hard for Sam Vesti to be a forwards coach and then a backs coach and then a, a, a line-out coach say and then go to DOR but it's my feeling that maybe when you're looking for your DOR you want a guy who's done more than one coaching role so maybe that's generic defense and forwards or generic attack and backs something like that
0: yeah so I'd agree with that point and I'd add something else to it um, a box that certainly Borthwick does tick and that's been involved in multiple different setups as in Borthwick had Saracens, then Japan, then England. Yeah. Um, something like um, the multiple apprenticeships that Ronan O'Gara has done, that seems like a, a really good approach to get well-rounded and get um, have visibility in multiple different um, ways of doing things, strategies, uh, ways of managing players, interpersonal skills, the whole shooting match. Sanderson has, I mean, he's got very good pedigree in one very set, successful setup, but nothing beyond that. Um, and I just, I worry a little bit about it because I'd almost like guys to take the the long-term pragmatic approach like O'Gara and become more well-rounded rather than just yeah, jump point. straight to DOR. Although is he not?
1: Yeah, you're right. O'Gara has been, he was at Racing for a bit, then he went to New Zealand and he came back to France and he's now a DOR. Yeah. He, but I mean, but he Sand- he's been he's only been coaching and in coaching setups for as long as Sanderson. But as you say, Sanderson's just yeah, so uh, it's the
2: range. And so there's some yeah. Welsh boys that have done that. Um, <clears throat> Mark Jones did RGC as a head coach. I mean, that's also quite an interesting thing, isn't it? If you're in the Premiership for any length of time, and you're not a DOR and a head coach, you better, you're obviously you're going to have to be a uh, a positions coach or a forwards coach or a attack coach or so on and so forth, right? If you drop down, you can have the whole shooting match. So Mark Jones did RGC. He did something. He's it Attack at Scarlets. He went over to do Attack at Crusaders, and now he's returning with uh, with Cardiff Blues in some mm. capacity. And maybe uh, some of these coaches should drop down. But there's a risk there that you never come back up. Mm. Yeah, I, I think now actually a real
1: you, risk. You don't. You don't want to. Basically, Premiership or it is, or isn't not, it? I think for a lot of them. Uh, I think it's a great fit, and I'm sure Alex Sanderson will do well. And uh, another bit of coaching news this week: Paul O'Connell with Ireland. What, 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 I, I saw yeah. this
2: on Twitter. I didn't really look into it too much. Cause, yeah, Paul I mean,
1: O'Connell's just, just going to be uh, part of Andy Farrell's brought him into the Ireland setup, which is which, which is. I mean, it was inevitable. I think the the two that are inevitable. You've already mentioned Ronan Agarra and Paul O'Connell, and we've had a chat before. Who would be when those two are taking the reins of either Munster and or Ireland? Who who who's the number one? Who's the number two in that little <laughs> duo? But um, Paul O'Connell is is there to whip those forwards into shape for Ireland. So
2: is he actually coaching, or yeah. is yes. he? Because yeah. it's so like Richard Hill was—I don't know if he is—but he was involved in England yep. setup. Wasn't he his team manager? Yeah,
0: same uh, with uh, Will Carlin does a, a similar style role. He's he's like got an involvement with England, but he's not coaching. Richard yep. Hill, team manager, but Paul O'Connell is going to go as forwards coach, which pushes Simon
2: Easterby, who was previously forwards coach, to be a defence coach. So that doesn't really make much sense to me. It doesn't matter how great you were as a player. We saw it with Martin Johnson; it didn't really work out. Uh, he should really have he, done. He some... has
1: been. He has been coaching has in France.
2: He... Yeah, in France. Oh, Paul O'Connell. Has. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, he yeah. coached. No coached idea. At Stad... Oh, I'll take it back! Makes yeah. makes make, makes loads of sense. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't do it sooner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that um, um, uh, he, on, he's Paul. not he's not got the the breadth and depth of experience as someone like Ronan O'Gara, who does seem to be. Um, I'm kind of um, using him as a, a great example. I'm using him as a great example just because he's done a multitude of different things over what is becoming a longer period of time. Um, O'Connell did a bit at Stad for a year or so and then has done a bit with Island under 21s or under 20s. But it doesn't have the same depth that other coaches do. No. And it it does feel like, I mean, um, so it used to be obviously a very experienced player and now an experienced coach. O'Connell, incredibly experienced player, incredible leader. And Andy Farrell, incredibly, uh, incredible player, incredible leader, and now a very experienced coach. They do seem to have. Quite a lot of experience in similar parts of the game. <laughs> um, similar types of individuals as well. In that Isn't it funny
2: that no one's ever employed a Saracens attack coach? What does that say? <laughs> I, I don't even know. Who, who is the Saracens attack coach? They don't need one. Uh, Owen, Owen
0: Farrell, probably. Owen Farrell, yeah. Mark,
1: Mark McCall and Owen Farrell have got that covered. Uh, well, I well, we'll wait and see. The, the, move, let me segue us into the, the next bit of news. If, you know, assuming the Alex Anderson thing is all completely confirmed, and as it will be in the morning, mm-hmm. um, I would have been working, or I maybe still will be working, at Sale's first home game with mm. Alex Sanderson, which, um, in, a, in a couple of weeks' time. However, these European fixtures, very much up in the air.
2: Yeah. And
1: again, the, the news may well be breaking and, and being confirmed about this. Um, but th- this could th- this ties in with the Six Nations as well, and mm-hmm. it all stems from France. And it's because, uh, well, some of the I started with some of the French teams being being unhappy about the style or manner of testing and how it's imbalanced between the UK and Ireland and France. And then the French government have been involved, and they're a bit like, I'm not sure about this.
2: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a rugby question. It's not really, is it? I think there's politics afoot here. I. And that's why I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't think anyone does. I think this will be settled by um, civil servants somewhere, and there's undoubtedly either something, you know, COVID related or Brexit related or something, meaning that there's a bit of a fly in the ointment. But I feel it'll probably get sorted out, and if it doesn't. I don't think it's rugby's fault. I think it's probably something more in line with yeah. what both sets of politicians are looking to achieve. Uh, uh, yeah.
1: w- one little conspiracy theory which I, which I don't want prote- to I don't even want to believe No this. don't even mention it. Uh,
2: but go on.
1: <laughs> some have mention it. Some French clubs seem much more keen to abandon the competitions than other French clubs. and funnily, and, <laughs> mm. and some of the French clubs that, that seem keen to abandon it, like Toulon and Bayonne. Are ones who have no chance of progressing, and, and the right
2: straight on the phone to Macron, who obviously you know he, they have the, they they have his number, yeah, obviously, and it's like yeah, okay, let's uh, yeah, it stacks up perfectly. I'm sure, perfectly.
1: I'm absolutely sure that's got nothing to do with it, and uh, obviously this is a you know serious situation and like you say there's politics afoot which uh, i'm just glad rugby's on at all
2: yeah and it's very easy to criticize rugby it's one of my favorite sports actually it's one of my favourite sports watching rugby but also criticizing the powers that be (laughs) in rugby (laughs) but i give them credit for this they've moved heaven and earth to make sure that there is some form of competition in europe they can't foresee this kind of stuff they've done their testing as advised by the government and you know, may, maybe this is a criticism of them. Actually, you know, in my opinion, they they follow the laws too closely or the guidance too closely. There's never any challenging. There's never any lobbying on behalf of rugby's um, behalf. It's all kind of, uh, oh well, this is what the guidance say. We must follow. We must follow the guidance rather than saying, well, this makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Which, which
1: was weird because do you remember when uh, when we first went into lockdown? Uh, one of his rare appearances was it Darren Childs? Came out and said rugby's going to be the first sport back playing uh, again. Did he and, say that? Yeah. And, and rugby ended up Has he being watched rugby?
2: the last. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, what, what did you expect? It's obviously going to be the last. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, so, anyway, where was that going? So, yeah, d- uh, despite all that, they did. They've, you know, they've worked really hard to get a European co- competition. There's no point in saying, oh, it should be cancelled or, oh, it's nonsense. I think, you know, during the first lockdown, we had a well when it all kicked off sport was cancelled because it looked kind of frivolous and trivial and oh it's you know it's it's not something we need it's not essential but actually in the second lockdown it feels like people have sort of come around to the thought that
1: hold on we're, we're, on, we're on at least number three now
2: yeah yes exactly. but yeah i see what you're saying yeah it, it is essential you know the prisoners need entertaining and i can't see <laughs> I, I can't see it get, getting cancelled i think they've worked out it is societally important it's one of those things that we just need yeah.
0: so I, I definitely agree with that point that um for morale when you are trapped at home you need an outlet. Um and sport is great at being the outlet. Um even if it's just eighty minutes here or ninety minutes there. Um I am worried about the Champions Cup though. And I, I think if something had to go, I'd be um fairly relaxed about this season's Champion cup Champions Cup going just because it's such a, a kind of odd for format. It's already been fundamentally disrupted. Um, and teams awarded twenty eight point twenty eight nil wins, um, and we're only two rounds into it, and more of those are going to happen. Um, the one that really concerns me. So I'm I'm sanguine about the Champions Cup. The one that concerns me is the Six Nations, because the Six Nations is just such a good mm. it's such a good sporting tournament, and it's even though it's not the same with without fans there, because it is so important for fans. The storylines, the history, the teams, the competition, it is such a good spectacle that I really, really don't want to lose the Six Nations.
2: So that's why I think the European Games might be okay, because the French government will look forward to that and go, hmm, this is interesting. Uh, every, everyone in France wants Six Nations, we all want the Six Nations, what happens next? Uh and I think they'll find a way around it. That, that's that's my pers- personal thought. And one of the reasons is they don't want to set the precedent for the Six Nations to cancel that.
1: Well, there, there is potential talk of uh, Six Nations happening all in one country, and oh, this stupid uh, bubble uh, thing for people in a people in a bubble, which it's it's hard for me to sort of because we'll get onto the the slight rule enforcements that are being brought in um, COVID related in the Premiership in a minute. So I don't want to. I understand why that would be the why that would be done just to enable rugby to happen at all. Doesn't mean I have to like it.
2: Yeah,
0: where, where uh, there was an American sport over the summer M- when it restarted, NBA. The, was it at, at Disney World. Yeah. yeah, NBA did it. Yeah. Now, where would be if you if you had to do it anywhere in the world, the Six Nations to host it? Where would you want to do it? Because Dis- Disney World is pretty cool. <laughs> Euro Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paris, perfect. Yeah, uh, I mean, so, no, no one's there. the
1: The issue with this is the Six Nations isn't each of the teams playing against each other. That that is, it's not the Six Nations if it's just England playing France. And also, it's it's, the, it's only the Six Nations when it's England playing France in Twickenham one year and in Paris yep. the next year. And i I don't want to, I don't want to take it away because of what we've just said. But I I also, I almost think, it's a little bit like this with the Lions when people are talking about doing it in the UK. You are, you might get a short-term fix, as in, yeah, we can keep the competition going, but you're actually doing longer-term damage. You're harming what that is and what that means, what that represents, and therefore the value of it.
2: Yeah, there's definitely that. There's definitely that. Uh, That said, the value (laughs) of going to France without a crowd... No, you are right. I'll tell you why you're right. Because Wales play at Parky Scarlet's, and it's just not the same. Even with the crowds not there, the venue itself has some sort of gravitas. Six
1: Nations should not happen there.
2: Yeah, it shouldn't. No, I mean, maybe an international, but it shouldn't be the home of the internationals. So, yeah, you are right. But it would be,
0: as in this year, because um, Prince Party Stadium is still a nightingale, isn't it? As far as I'm aware... Uh,
1: so, oh, I, th- that is a fair. Uh, all right, I might let that one slide. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, in terms of, uh, I'm not, not going to say or you. Yeah, you guys. Uh, off you go. <laughs> We've got international to play. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that that might be a justifiable reason not to play at that ground. <laughs> but at least on home soil. I mean, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm being too idealistic
2: with it. But I don't think so. I don't I, I, think that the NBA bubble experiment proved particularly successful.
1: What do you think, Phil, on on the potential so, way of managing the Six Nations?
0: So I. Again, I'm more comfortable with the Six Nations being held in one one place. As long as we get it, the bit that I think has to move back is the Lions. I just I don't think you can have the Lions without everything that goes with a Lions tour, and f- for me, that means it has to be in South Africa with fans. And if that means moving it to 2022, we've got to move it to 2022. I don't think that's going to happen, is mate. So, I totally so agree. Sacred
1: i totally agree i don't think that's going to happen and this is where i think the 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 money the money is gonna mean that actually they make wrong long-term decisions and i I, it it feels like things are stacking up to be done in the uk this summer
0: i'd i'd be really really disappointed with that i would so really disappointed. i don't
2: think it will happen in the uk I i really hope you're right i think there's too many hurdles okay so think about just think about this right uh they want to play a Lions game in Twickenham, as you would do. So oh, so many layers to this. So, the, I, the, the, first of all, let's stop from the beginning. I, I think the Lions will go ahead. The reason I think this is because the four unions used to administer the Lions. They no longer do. They now have a company separated, which which sits alongside the four, uh, uh, the six nations, and they administer the Lions, which means there is a whole unit of people somewhere who are responsible... And also reliance on the Lions going ahead for their job. Right? So if there's no lions, there's no jobs. Hmm. So they are very motivated to make sure that sure the Lions play. Whereas the unions, if they were administrating it, they might go, Yeah, well, let's just get rid of it for now. Which would probably be my but that's probably what I would do. I'd just kind it can it for this year. So there's pros and cons to that. Obviously, is you know, the fact that there's a self-interested party, rightly so. That's not in any way a, sli- um, a slight on, on, on them, but they are, and they want, you know, they need the lines uh, for um, for their job. Under any normal circumstances, I think that's a good idea. But because of the pandemic and whatnot, and the restrictions placed on the on the sport, maybe it's not, and maybe that's why they'll force through a substandard uh, product. Now, if you do do it in the UK, imagine how hard this is. Owen Farrell trots out in his England kit. He's got uh, BT as a, as a sponsor in in uh, what do you call it? Is it BT the sponsor in in England? 2 O2. O2, Thank O2, you. O2, yeah. BT is obviously Murrayfield. Yeah. Well, the title sponsor of the Lions is Vodafone. So you've got to go to Twickenham. You've got to remove all of the sponsorship. You're getting no fans in, and then you've got to get a load of uh, a load of other sponsors, uh, which. Are all over oh, the kids. this of the this,
1: this is small stuff. It that's... is
2: not, mate. This is huge stuff for, for those people that spend an awful lot of money yeah, but in on that, sponsorship?
1: Overall compared it's to the big deal. Compared to the sponsorship money and the T V money and all the rest of it, that's that's small fry. But, no, um... no.
2: It's it's a big deal. So this these are the problems that they're facing. They've got all of these commer- these commercial partnerships. Um so you know, a, a small one, right, would be the the drinks partnership so they've got like london pride or something now that's a very cheap sponsorship to sell if you're going to um south africa because no one sells it so you get a couple of hoardings but no one can actually buy it oh, oh sorry are
1: you are you speaking as if there's going to be a crowd in i think i think if it goes ahead in England, in the uk and ireland this summer there won't there won't be crowds
2: uh, well, I mean, crowd or not? I mean, they've, they've still got to unpick all of these, all of these pop, all of these, all well, of these you, partnerships. You don't have
1: to unpick all of the branding outside the stadium and in the. You do. <laughs> you actually and, do. And the beers, anyway. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. That's, this,
2: this, these are the problem, honestly, Tim. These are the problems that 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 they're going to have, uh, okay. and this is why it's very, very problematic. It's far easier for the Lions to go on tour than it is for. Um, for yeah. the lions to play at home because of the commercial arrangements okay. yeah. that is the stumbling block but
1: then south africa misses out on their uh, their, their golden egg. i have actually given this some thought in the week and, and my preferred solution is that the autumn internationals still happen but you might up the number of games that home nations play against tier 2 sides and you just play the lions in south africa at the same time
2: yeah yeah oh, mm. that's not a bad idea actually just can i just re- revisit i've had a thought about the bubble idea
1: you see the as in, as in Euro Disney, the Euro Disney Six Nations. Yeah, can I just
2: can say how miserable <laughs> it would be to have to stay in Euro Disney with no staff there? Everything's a bit drab, overgrown. It's going to be like a hellscape, isn't it? Like a post-apocalyptic. hellscape. and
1: and, and also, like before social media, you, they would have been able to smuggle in, you know, some Parisian uh, women that they meet at a, at a cafe now now or Tim something. Tim, ah, ah, ah. but they all or, or men or whatever awesome
2: or, <laughs> or friends or, or friends. friends
1: whatever but they, they just won't you just wouldn't be able to get away with well, that.
2: there'd be people waiting for a scandal i know you're only saying that because the nba had exactly the same problem.
1: oh no 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 i didn't know that at all but oh yeah
2: yeah, yeah. well i'm trying to give you an out here tim um yes yeah, that's why i mentioned that because
1: of course the nba, the NBA had, had, the s- same, had the same, had the same, same, same problems, issue
2: exactly the same the same problems <laughs> so uh yes yeah, so i can ex- absolutely see where you're coming from there um <laughs> Yeah, the problem, of course, with this idea is it means the Lions tour is just going to be three games because you no. couldn't possibly justify flying. I mean, who, who who are they going to play midweek like Gloucester? You're going to fly Gloucester in for no. six weeks.
1: It can't happen. It, if it happens, I'll be really disappointed. And uh, as I've, as I've said, it might solve the short term issue of TV money and uh, and sponsorship money, but it's uh, it's a long term net negative, big
0: time. Okay. Um. Just a little, qu- uh, an impromptu quiz yes! for you two. Come on then.
2: Um, Hit
0: me with it. So I'm, I'm looking, I've got um, British and Irish Lions Wikipedia up right now. Um, neither of you get it up on your phones because that would be cheating. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. and, and you're going to take it in turns and tell me, list off um, international teams that the Lions have played against. Okay. And I'll give you a clue. There are, uh, well, there's nine listed, but one of them is not an international team. So there's eight here that are listed. Okay. All right, who's going first? So, I'll go first. Uh, um okay. New Zealand. Correct. Okay. Tim. France,
1: as we learned last For- week. Correct. Australia?
0: Co- <laughs> <laughs> correct. <laughs>
1: um so, South Africa.
2: Correct. Right, we're on to four. So there's five left. Okay. Okay. Now it's going to get tricky. So, the next one's easy. Then it gets tricky. Argentina. Correct.
0: They've played Argentina. Do you know how many times? Four. Tim, any advance on four?
1: No, I would. Have said, I would have said four as well.
0: Seven times they've played really? Argentina. Really? Really? Oh, there yeah. you go. What well, the hell? So, so there are now. So they are. Three, they. There are four left or five. Uh, Well, there's three international teams and one of them is a a representative team. Uh, You won't get the... You will not get the representative team. So I'm thinking
1: like... So they were due to... They're playing... Or they're due to play Japan. I'm I'm going to assume that was the first time it's happened. So... And I don't think they've...
0: So of the three... Yeah. Two, two are. Our... Don't don't give us any clues. We don't need clues. Thank okay. you. Okay. 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 I will go.
1: Thinking, maybe on a tour to Australia or New Zealand. They play. I am going to say possibly. Would they play like a Papua New Guinean against Australia when they went to Australia or something like that? I'll say Fiji.
0: Ooh, nice. Fiji is correct. Uh. Well done. One one game against Fiji. I've not got the year on this, but uh, Fiji beat them. The Fiji wow. are the only nation who have a hundred percent win rate record. Against <laughs> That's the a British great Canary fact. Lions.
1: That's a brilliant fact. Uh,
2: <laughs> so we got two to go.
0: Now I, these are
2: tough. I'm gonna say someone. It's gonna be some Scotland. No. Is there any home nations in there? It is not a home nation. Oh. Okay.
1: Uh, I'm going to say, thinking because I uh, the same line of thinking was maybe they played against one of the Pacific Island nations when they went to, when they went down under to New Zealand or Australia one time. I'm going to have the same thought and say Zimbabwe.
2: Oh, that's my next one. Damn it. So that is a
0: great shout. And what I can tell you is uh, the other nation, the representative nation, was the East Africa Rugby Union team, uh, which drew players from Kenya, Uganda that's and awesome. Tanzania. Uh, and potentially JB, JB was literally That's about literally, to answer that. I'm about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, not Zimbabwe, but that is a good shout. Okay. Now, the, the two, one you could get, the other, you'd have to go through the whole, I don't know, 216 or however many countries there are in the world oh, to get time. close to it.
2: All uh, oh, right. Um, mm, Rhodesia? No. Uh, Canada? Great shot.
0: Canada is correct. It. I
2: I've dominated this. Don't think so, because you, you, you gave me the big three. The easy ones. Well, You've only the, the Canada, wrong, have you? Canada,
0: um, oh. they played in uh, 1959 against Canada.
1: Love it. So they would have gone... How, what, Hang on, how? so
0: USA would be the other one? Uh, no, uh. the other one is not USA. So the other one they played in 1950... Um, which was a tour to New Zealand and Australia. Cook Cook Islands? Nope. Germany? (laughs) No. Think think somewhere in between um, Britain and Ireland and Australia and New Zealand. Hong Kong? If you're sailing? You're you're in the right part of the world, uh, roughly geographically.
1: Taiwan,
0: African choice, <laughs> um, <laughs> India. Uh, getting closer with India,
2: um, Pakistan. No, getting closer with India. Mm. When I'm trying, I'm thinking of like ex-colonial countries. Got yeah, no that's idea. what I'm trying to think of Singapore or something. No, don't know.
0: Um, well. So if you drew. Well, if you were travelling, imagine if you were travelling from. Um, On a boat, I assume, right? Hong, Hong Kong, Vietnam. Vietnam. God knows what route they took. Sh- yeah, Sri, Sri Lanka,
1: f- Indonesia, in- Thailand, Indonesia, the, the Philippines, the, Vietnam. Some,
0: someone said, it, I think, someone said Sri Lanka, didn't you? Yes,
1: I said Sri Lanka.
0: Yeah, Sri, wow. Sri Lanka.
1: The British and Irish Lions played in Colombo, did they
0: all? They played what? against, I'm trying to find out where the game took place, but they played against them. Is Love that, it. Uh, have we not mentioned? Sri yeah, Lanka a stop the... off. They stopped off in Sri Lanka, Ceylon, as it was called at the time. Ceylon, yeah, for for an unofficial tour game.
2: Well, well, well. I'm sure we've mentioned Sri Lanka in the past as somewhere that good rugby is played. So yeah, they must have gone. They got a sevens. Have they got? Did did they have at one point a sevens team that were on the on the sevens circuit? Have no idea. I'm I can't sure. Remember. I'm sure it came up in the same way that Mauritius comes up frequently as a place that rugby is played and loved.
1: Oh, I bet it's loved. Yeah. Like I wouldn't mind. I will play rugby in Mauritius.
2: Yeah, no, no, like, <laughs> sign me up. I think Mauritius played Zimbabwe recently. I think they're in the the cup below, whatever. You know, like they're the tier two or tier three of South, uh, of African nations. Anyway, that's anyway.
1: That uh, what other? So we got. Uh, we 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 ticked Oh yeah. So very quickly, let's rattle through these. The, there was a lot of talk this week about. The the rules, the COVID-related rules that have always existed but haven't been enforced and are now being enforced, things like uh, minimal time in dressing rooms and no face-to-face celebrations.
2: Let's just let's just be very clear, they're stupid. Uh, they are stupid. Um, I understand there are rules and rules must be followed because I don't know rules must be followed. The idea. That it is somehow safer to disperse after you score your pushover try or your mall <laughs> rather than celebrate with your mates, is perverse. It is absolutely perverse. And to be honest, I get ice baths. I completely get. Oh, do I? I mean, do I really? I mean, you're as a group of guys, you know, you obviously have a certain. You have different rules to everyone else because of your status. Yeah, I can kind of get ice baths. Fine. I could not, for the life of me, understand the celebrations. It's like, depra- it's like. Have you ever enjoyed an ice bath? Never. Exactly. So this oh. is bonus. This yeah. Is, that, that's a great rule. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the players wrote it down as as a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, and you just know this is performative. You know this is to send the message that oh look, we not even we're allowed to get close after we've just been scrimmaging. So it is abso- absolutely ridiculous. Uh, there is another aspect to this, which is if you want the rules to be complied, particularly in rugby circles, treat it like a drinking game. Because when you see them score now, it is literally like a drinking game. The air high fives or the like, the pre-planned, so, so many different routines which don't involve coming close. Uh, it's yeah. not dissimilar to a game of fives with the no smug rule because they score and then everyone everyone literally runs away.
1: Yeah, and if you're not aware what that is, uh, the game of five or spoof, it's sometimes known as. You can play it with coins or you can play it with your with your hands. And you, if you don't know the game, basically if you are out and therefore have avoided the penalty or the drink that you're going to have to, the dirty pint you're going to have to drink at the end of it or whatever, you, uh, you aren't allowed to go, yes, or celebrate. Yeah. Otherwise you're penalised. So I would love to see that rule if it was a, if there was a no smug rule. That referees had to enforce. <laughs> Sorry, Adam Radwan, you just ran 100 meters for an amazing uh, try, uh,
0: but, but nope. Lots <laughs> of you, my friend, no penalised. Smug. Ra- so Rad Radwan did the air high fives, yeah, which he would have had to do anyway because not a single one of his teammates <laughs> was yeah. within 50
2: meters of him. Yeah, that's just good practice when you're uh, chasing Adam Radwan, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I- the celebration one is absolutely stupid i agree
1: you're absolutely right the word you've used is 100 percent right it's performative because uh, well w- one little thing which is ridiculous you can't face to face celebrate with your own teammates but you can shake the hands of all your opponents at the end of a game <laughs> which uh yeah, yeah they'll ban that soon it, it just feels it, like it's, so it is performative it, it it doesn't make sense it is illogical i'm willing to let it go if it just means we get rugby on the telly yeah
2: it's kind of yeah we must provide entertainment for these people but not too much entertainment let's not (laughs) let's not enjoy it too much there's serious things so but everything else does make sense like you know grab and go food yeah okay sort of kind of yeah fine you know if that makes you happy that makes you happy phil you pretty much in the same ballpark where are you at
0: I, I am definitely in the same ballpark, and I, I, I say that from someone who I think I've got quite a good appreciation of risk and understanding risk, and understanding some of the the um, kind of people, the failures that people often make in to say things like, "Well, if we accept one risk, therefore another equivalent risk or another similar risk is also acceptable," which is it's often like a, a fallacy. In this scenario, though. The additional risk of celebrating a try when you've just been scrimmaging or just been rucking and mauling for eighty minutes—it is uh, JB's word—is the best for it. It is performative. It it will have—I cannot see it having any tangible effect at all. Uh, Not not even, not even a tiny little tangible effect. There will be zero tangible effect from or increased risk from this, or reduced risk in this scenario.
1: And from a performative point of view, I can't imagine a single person watching it and going, "Right, that's it. That's just inspired me to, uh, not, see to... <laughs> not see my
2: grandmother, not see my. I will yeah. not see my dying grandmother now because the Premiership players did not high five. But if,
1: I... if 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 it keeps the optics so that no one in some high place desperate to, you know, use the power that they've been uh, bestowed upon them, if it, if it means rugby's on the telly next week or the week
2: after
0: then what, whatever 100% yeah mm. yeah I'll, I'll, t- I'll happily take it Brad in that we can continue to watch rugby yeah
2: now someone who might not be able to continue to watch rugby or any fans of the uh, lady sorry the uh, the women's Six Nations what's going on there remarkably and I do mean remarkably Italy and Ireland have forgot to register their women's team as elite so therefore it will have it might have to be a case of um some sort of four nations co- competition unless they can rectify this uh, unless they can rectify this mistake asap. Can you believe that?
0: Wow. <laughs> I have not I've not seen that. I've seen that um there was an article on BBC earlier today that said it's it's being pushed back till April because normally the women's six nations runs concurrent with the men's six nations.
2: Yeah, that will almost so we- certainly be certainly be something to do with it. Uh yeah, the women's game is served so poorly by the men's game that if I was them, I would devolve my union and go and set up my own union with more appropriate laws, more more appropriate rules and actually be the centerpiece, the, the you know, the jewel in the crown of another organisation rather than being continually ignored or or basically just treated as something which they use to show how virtuous that the main union is. It's not good enough, so um, I don't know. There will obviously be no action taken against the two unions that forgot to register their elite women's team. But there we are. That's that's that that that's how we live now.
0: Well, let's um, let hope we get back to the women's game soon because there's normally some pretty good spectacles in the um, in the women's Six Nation.
2: Yeah yeah it's just uh, it's it, it it's beyond a parody that it's beyond a parody i mean yeah i forget i forget certain things i wouldn't forget that my highest level of rugby is not elite and therefore forget to register it
0: didn't you forget that you were playing in a fantasy rugby draft final that it was two legged
2: semi final semi semi-final, oh, final was it
0: yeah. was it semi final <laughs> yeah there that, is that
2: that was a big oversight yeah it was a massive oversight i could have won that <laughs> Don't think I'll be playing in the semi-final this year though.
0: <laughs> uh no. Um and I, it looks like I've limped past you.
2: Have you really?
0: Yeah. I thought you'd have spanked me. Uh no, limped is only thanks to uh, Curtis Roaner's try. I think that that sealed it for me, which I probably celebrated more than he did. <laughs> I was I, I was on the the bike in my gym. And when he scored that, my uh, cadence and power output went up significantly for about 20 seconds. Wowzer! Good game, though. Brilliant game. It was. It's an, it's an entertaining game. Yes, entertaining is the right word. That. Yeah, we might get onto that a little bit later.
1: Yeah, let's talk some rugby because there was so much great rugby. And let's start with that game that was on Friday night, Bath Wasps. What, yes. a, what a game.
0: Um, no, no, that is all right. This was.
1: It was loose. It's reasonable. It was loose.
0: This was ridiculous. From from the off, pretty much. I mean, from two minutes in when Priestland canters 50 metres, yeah. chased only by. It was West. West and Cruz. Yeah, Tom West. Yeah, it took two, two front row forwards were the only people near him as he. I mean, from a box kit. I've watched that about four times and I still can't work out what went wrong with Wasp's whole defensive line from a, a planned exit box kick. Yeah. That there is like three pairs of hands and then all of a sudden, Priestland has no one other than a loose head prop and a, a hooker. Yeah. No, no coach is going.
1: In. Yeah. Like, um, what's his name? Uh, Ian Costello. is not going. Okay, boys. Right. Listen. So box kick, prop, <laughs> hooker on the wing. Exactly. No. Yeah.
0: And with no one else nearby. I I still can't work out, but that that really set the tone for the game, um, and it was br- brilliant to watch because, I mean, yeah, sure, some guys made some uh, first up tackles in the defensive line every now and again, occasionally, but no no one was tackling in the backfield. No, no one bothered. No. It was brilliant. Your man. Who who's man? My man. Your man. No,
1: no, your your his man. Oh man, right sorry man. I
2: thought uh, I I I thought you invited me there to talk about Paolo Doggo
1: No I was saying your man Dog- Doggers. All right, yeah, yeah.
2: Doggers. Doggers. Doggers
1: Doggers he he looks every bit the NFL running back he's I, awesome. I think the Buffalo Bills missed their man Christian Wade, Christian Wade there was an interview with him he's bulked up and he's still he's still fighting for that dream he's not made a 53 man roster yet but he's uh he's still going but Doggers has got running back
2: potential He's so powerful isn't he So, so powerful, powerful. I, I just love uh, I I love his story because wasn't particularly wanted in in the Leicester Academy. Yep. Went, went to Ooh. Sale. 19 years old. He was pretty good. He was scoring quite a lot. Was nowhere near the size he is now. I mean, he was always a, subsan- a, a oh, substantial Oh, He was a big lad. boy then. Yeah, but not like he is now. He's, he is much, much bigger now. As soon as Sale got some money, they were kind of like, I'm not sure we need you quite so much. Uh, lost out to lads like so- Solomona, which is, you know, no, uh, no shame. Solomona's bloody brilliant found himself at Sale FC, surplus the requirement at Sale, Wasps pick him up, and Wasps have worked out a way to use him and get the most out of him. And, you know, it's a, it's a cool story because he is an unusual player, and it takes quite an inventive coaching group, much like Sale were when they had no money, in order to get the most out of these types of players, and that's exactly what Wasps have done, and it's brilliant to see. So I was,
0: I was going to ask, and I, th- I think you've probably answered my question there, Jay, but it's... For both Doggers and Tom Cruise, who lit up this game as well, yeah. Um, Doggers has been at Leicester and Sale, as you mentioned. Tom Cruise has been at Sale and then a few other places. Uh, there's, there's it seems like there's two failings on like, let's take Doggers, but Leicester and Sales half it's a failure to identify talent combined with a failure to, if, if they do identify talent the specific talents that these boys have. It's, it's make use of them. Yes. And what what has exactly gone wrong? Because these, these boys, well, they, they were the difference in this game. Yep. They, they, they won were... this game for Wasps, not, not single-handedly, but um, they scored the tries that won this game for Wasps.
2: It's just one of those funny things, isn't it, that sometimes a lot of clubs pick the players on what they, you know, on a preconceived idea of what that player should be in that position. And a dog who is fairly unique, I mean, uh, probably, I mean, who is, who does he remind you of? Inga Twigamala. (laughs) You know, he's short, (laughs) squat, massive thighs, super powerful. He's not like a Josh Bassett, is he, or someone like that, a completely different type of player.
1: Yeah, no, but I think you you touched upon what the issue was. Sale got him in when they were spending well under the cap when they had the cap money to spend they got rid of him yeah and they got in some expensive they signed you know Marlon Yards and they got in players that w- would have cost them a lot more and were on pa- on paper much better oh, one, of your, one, of your, one of your cats has just come to say hello hello um, big fan of doggers and uh, <laughs> um, and I think that's it and it's the same with Leicester we've talked about Harry Thacker many times they let him go and they kept yeah. much more expensive on paper, more experienced and better, but really not. And I think it's the same story with Tom Cruise as well.
2: They're completely right.
0: Thacker is a great example of of this problem uh, with Leicester as well.
1: So they did it with uh, Alex Lewington as well, by the way.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, coaches yeah. do this all the time, and it's not necessarily a coach's fault because what they they are there to provide their experience in order to select players. So a great example of this in the NFL would be Russell Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook. What am I talking about? Russell Russell Wilson Wilson, yeah. Um, Because if you're a scout, you want to find the next Tom Brady, who's you know uh, you know six foot five or something. You don't want what he's maybe six maybe six foot, and therefore you don't look at him as someone that you can draft or someone that you can play because he doesn't fit what the players who come who come. Sorry, it doesn't fit the mould of the players that have come before him. Same in rugby, exactly the same same thing. You're playing these scouts and these ma- uh, managers because no, they know what they're looking for. So
1: I've got an analogy here, which I'm sure a lot of people can apply to whatever business uh, you're in. But uh, in radio, uh, advertising, no one ever got fired for doing what's already been done before. Yes. Mm. Whereas... Sometimes I've said to clients, we, we we sort of come up with an amazing idea for clients, and the, the the sales guy in our in in the business has just got gone, not ever gone and pitched that idea. I was, they're scared to because if you do something different than what's already been done and it doesn't go well, your head's on the block.
2: Mm-hmm. So That's- Harry
1: Thacker, a little, a small, smaller, more diminutive hooker, relatively. Um, Doggers being a slightly different type yeah. of character. Tom Cruise was, uh, you know, a, a smaller, more agile hooker. Yeah, that's
2: exactly right. So your head's not going to be on the block if you if you've got no money and you've got to play the guy. Yeah. And you're like, oh right, oh he's pretty good. So yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted. But and so, whilst you're in a
1: situation exactly as you touched on, where sale were, where money's tight, and they've got to squeeze value where they can, yeah. so they they spend pay more attention to trying to squeeze value out of people that might be undervalued.
2: Yeah, and ironically, Wasps have also got a lot of players from when they did have money and Sale didn't have money and those guys didn't win the game. Although they are playing well. Tommy Taylor, Gaskell. Not seen Rob Miller for a little while, but he's he's still knocking about. Yeah, Cipriani, mm-hmm. of course, who moved, good uh, question. who
1: moved on. It's a good question though, Phil. It's an interesting point. And uh, it's interesting that Lee Blackett
2: really seems to think Doggers is a 13. Well, I don't know what he thinks. I, I kind of think that they must pick their team by you know, bingo balls or something. Um, And it just works. It seems like they're far more fluid. Uh Uh-oh. Tim, you're not concerned... Yeah, there's a, it's because I can't see the waveform,
1: I can see Phil's head, which is fine. Oh, thank so much, so much God. It's be- oh, so a much better sight seeing Phil's head than the waveform,
2: but I suddenly <laughs> thought, "Geez, have we just been talking silence? Oh, can you imagine? I can imagine because we've done it before. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it necessarily matters because they're doing so much good, so much good stuff with the ball in hand and, 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 and their attack. What, what gets me about Wasps is they continue to press their attack forward no matter who is in position. So there is a ruck, and the next thing you know, a, a, a winger will pick it up, or a prop will come in at scrum half, or it's just relentless. It's relentless, and they also allow the players to do what they're good at. If Doggers didn't get the man of the match, I think there's every chance that Bassett would have, because every restart, he is all over people. Uh, the point you've made there about getting... Well,
0: l- allowing the players to do what they're best at is, is absolutely spot on, and I'll just... I think we've got more to talk about in this game, but just one point I wanted to make on the the Quinn's um, London Irish game that I watched this afternoon. It's certainly with Quinn's, I, th- I think London Irish, um, they did get some of the best out of some of their players, like like Rona and Tom Parton, Tom mm-hmm. Parton in particular. But um, Harley Quinn's, they're getting the best out of Marcus Smith, 100%. He He looks electric every time he gets the ball. But is he getting the best out of the players that are around him? And specifically, someone like Joe Marchand, no. who was deadly quiet, like did not do a single thing. And they did, they couldn't bring him into the game. They didn't bring Merley into the game. They didn't bring Liner into the game. They didn't bring Aaron Morris, Mike, Mike Brown. Brown. Mm. None of them came into the game. And it's there's like a failure to other than um, Marcus Smith, who and Don Brandt, who they are building the team around those two. But other than those two, none of their st- star players and they've got star players are shining yeah you're absolutely right you're absolutely right frustrating contradiction for for quinn's fans to watch that when they watch um wasps do it so brilliantly with far less star power on
2: display yeah and actually you know if they had all the money in the world would would wasps be um employing lee blackett (laughs)
0: Well, great question. Probably not. Oh my
1: goodness! Uh, Oh, what a great point, Uh, which echoes exactly what we just said. Yeah, Uh, and and you and you you talk about um, squeezing value, and that you don't, and finding systems, and finding trying to get the best out of the people you have. Look at Newcastle.
2: Yes, that's. I mean, that well, that's basically what I was going to say. Every team this week has looked really competent, really, really competent. Even the ones that are losing. I was watching Worcester. Like, I really like the way that they're moving the ball. I like their patterns, I like their shape, they're organised. Uh, and it's taken a little while for these teams to look like that. But both Newcastle and Worcester, and I'm not just saying that because they're traditionally the two lowest clubs. I'm not. It's not you know, damning with faint praise. They are both superbly well organised. So if you're going to win against the so-called lesser teams... You're going to have to be aware that they're no longer lesser teams. They are a real proposition. Well, Newcastle were Bookie's favourites to get
1: relegated. They, you know, yeah. We mentioned him in that conversation before the season started. I we?
2: thought they wouldn't get with, within 20 points of, of most people. Well, they've got 24 points. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. They well, have are, they got 20 points.
1: Off 20, um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they're are, they're, they're 20, killing yeah. it. They're, absolutely they're in second yeah. place. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's the championship trio. Bristol, Newcastle and Exeter. Exeter. Top three
2: yeah it's it's quite some stuff um before we move on to that can we just can we just spend five minutes slating bath yes please
1: yes can we well well, let's try be proactive how do you solve a problem like bath uh
2: (laughs) so a really funny thing um i was talking to someone in the in the know who was definitely in the know definitely definitely in the know and we both agreed bath's problem was their attack they scored 44 points so maybe it's not the attack i don't know what it is uh maybe they just need to invest invest in their squad a bit more um, <laughs> maybe one more good player but, yeah, one more international yeah maybe that's
0: it i, I mean how many, they've got uh one two three four five six seven eight more. nine ten eleven twelve internationals in their starting. they've 15.
1: got more england e p s members than any other club. I mean, this I mean, maybe Saracens would be different if they had all theirs together, but how, Yeah.
2: How do you have that many um, England players, internationals in general, that much talent, that much money, in this case, so many points, and still <laughs> lose a game? I mean that is remarkable. that is so they, simply remarkable. They were twice 13,
0: uh, 13 points ahead they were winning at half time they were 13-0 <laughs> like they're at home it
1: it's... happened last week as well they were 14-0 yeah. up against Leicester.
0: yeah just... it happened ex- exactly the same like blow for blow last week as well and um, sorry Phil. go on. no just I, i'm i'd be so frustrated if i was a bath fan yeah. because you can see the talent is there they do great they do some brilliant things um they scored some good tries. They've got serious talent. Um, Falatao seems to be back to his best, or certainly that's the best game I've seen of him in a bath shirt for a while. And they still just can't put it together to yeah. get... I think there's a there's a couple of things is. here.
1: Firstly, I reckon, I think there might be something with their conditioning because they're not an 80-minute team. And yeah. I, I really think that might be an issue there. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to think of something that they could do that might make an improvement. Uh, but that, that sh- I mean, th- these are professional guys. This shouldn't be an issue, but there you go. Conditioning might be one thing, but I also want to, Stuart Hooper's going to come under more and more pressure. And I want to stick up for him and go, well, you've seen the last couple of weeks. He sets his team up. They go out and blow other teams off the field. And then they don't. And then they don't. And I don't know how, when you see
2: those two sides of the coin, you can just automatically say, coach. I don't know what the answer... I, I don't think it is a coach. I, I honestly don't think it's a coach. I don't think it's Stuart Hooper. I certainly don't think it is um, Neil Hatley. I think Neil Hatley's a wonderful coach. I, I just think there's a more pressing underlying culture within that club. And, you know, Neil Hatley could go to any club and probably make a good a good fist of it.
1: I would suggest, just one thing, Oh, maybe Leicester would be the... No, because Leicester have got Leicester City. I would say probably of Gloucester and Bath would be the two. Gloucester and Bath and Exeter and Bristol to be fair no no Gloucester Bath and Exeter Uh, uh, although Exeter I don't know yeah no Gloucester Gloucester and Bath definitely those players are like big fish in a a relatively small pond yes they are they are like the focal point for those towns
2: it's like my Barcelona argument why would you try any harder being good at football once you're at Barcelona you're Barcelona. Where else are you going to go? I'll take my three-year contract, my millions of pounds, and sit and, and sit on the beach.
1: And those and those are the two clubs down the years, Gloucester and Bath, that you sort of should have, you know, in the professional era, should have achieved more.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, the point I would make on their squad in general is, who have they improved? Like, look at like look at their back line. Bought in Ben, he's ace. Ben Spencer's ace, but they bought him in. Reese Priestland, eh, you know, he's Reese Priestland. He'll do what he does, but they bought bought him in. Rory McConaughey showed up to Bath out of the box, already a good already a good winger. They didn't really improve him. Cam Redpath, they I think that's unfair. Him. He came from oh,
1: Sevens oh, and Mosley
2: yeah. before that. I think oh, that's oh, unfair. Yeah. Oh yeah, but he just was put on a fifteen's pitch and he was ace. I don't think that Bath Bath have developed him. He just seems to be a great winger out out of the box. I mean, I think he's been effective since day one, unless you did. Do-
0: think- I'd I'd say maybe that's one that is a little bit harsh, just just because I'd only had sevens views of him before that, and yeah. no one else no one else had even given him a crack at Fifteens.
1: The Bath Academy,
0: you th- other point, uh,
2: uh, others yeah, well, I
0: think make your point really well. Yeah, definitely. Like, like Joseph, like Watson, for example.
2: It seems to be going backwards. Those th- two, fucking th- 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 a singer, th- R- yeah, fucking th- th- a singer, I- Rocket,
0: a Goonie. Um, over the last couple of years,
2: certainly. I mean, Tom Glanville has obviously come on. He is a Bath kid through and through. Everything else is just deep. The, Boy,
1: the the Bath Academy used to be prolific, absolutely prolific. You'd find Bath players ending up at clubs all over the place. Yeah, uh, it, it hasn't been as productive. Whilst they've got good young players, it hasn't been anywhere near as productive. And um, I tell you what, I lot, like like you know a lot of that. Some of their front rows they've brought in.
2: Yeah, I would win a premiership with with Bath. I mean, I don't mean like, you know, I don't mean that, um, you know, uh, oh, uh, like hypothetically, I would actually go in and win a premiership if I had the keys to Bath.
1: I'm just going to say one thing that taps into the conversation we had last week so we don't go over old ground. They're they're uh, They're not horrible enough.
2: No. I, I, want, oh. I want
1: if you put Danny Grucock back in that pack I think he he would just suddenly, even at this age Even at this age. <laughs> I love Danny Grucock.
2: I mean, yeah, but even the pack I mean they like to hurt people. You know, Josh, Josh McNally, Charlie Jules hot uh, hot uh, hot hard workers physical lads. So I don't know. I don't know what to do with Bath It's just When it it clicks, it'll be dynamite. Yeah, and you know, you can see when they lose the plot, can't you? Because when they start, and they've got this lovely structure, Bruce Prieston scored early doors. The week before that, they they looked really good first up. In the Europe, they looked really good for 15 minutes. And you kind of, there's a point when they lose it, and you can see because they start doing wraparounds and everything's much looser, and they score a few points. But you just know the players have lost confidence at, at that point, and they've lost confidence in the systems and processes. And they're just playing through individual flair.
1: That's the Bristol mantra at the minute. And uh, I think Semi Randrandra tweeted just simply after the game trust in the process, which is what Bristol players say all the time. Trust in the process. Trust in the process. It's
2: a good way to think. It's a good way to think. It gives you sort of detachment from what you're trying to do. It's good. Makes you it mm. doesn't make you think too much. Um, in Bristol a, tri-
1: and in those times when it when it gets tough and you you if you have that mentality where
2: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: We've planned for all the time, all the time, all the time. And, and the man next to me, to my right and to my left, is going to do the same.
2: Yes. Yeah. So if, you, if you think about line-outs... I think about lineups occasionally. But if you think just about occasionally, line- occasionally, one, once twice. If you think about lineups and you're being beaten in you know or you're not getting the best of it, just go through your checklist. Have you done absolutely everything? You know, are the team arriving at the right time. Uh, are you uh, are you getting in uh, into your position in the in the lineup at the right time? Is your um, is your spacing correct? Are you pointing at the right player? Or are you doing these tiny little things through and through? It, it's like rucking, you know. You can't quite do it now because it's one dynamic movement. But did I move my feet before contact? Did I go down? Did I roll? Did I present long? Did I do all of these things? And if the answer is yes to all of them and you're still getting done, well, maybe there's nothing that you can do today. But often there are so many small little things that you can do uh, that you can fix it yourself. Trust in the process. There's,
0: there's also the the great um, thing about trust the process, which is the extension of exactly what you've said, JB. And... Sometimes you'll get all of those things exactly right and two, three lineouts will go against you, but you're doing everything right and you've got to trust the process because if you are a 90 plus percent lineout team, you might get three uh, bad ones go against you in a row, but you will trend towards the 90 plus percent for any you trust the yeah, process.
1: That's a great way it's, of putting
0: it's it. It's not You don't rip it up just because a few things have gone wrong.
1: Yep, yep. Great way of putting it. So yeah, it's it's a trust issue, perhaps. Um, Bath, a trust and a confidence thing, like in deep in their core, that there's not that belief, which is why they fade in games and they get mm. get looser unnecessarily. Whereas, let's jump to Bristol. What a great performance down at Sandy Park. I'm just going to solve the Exeter issue because seeing as we just how how do you solve a problem like Bath? I'm going to say to Exeter, Exeter fans, don't you worry. It looked yeah. to me like a team that are just knackered, yeah. and it's no wonder when they had less break between seasons than any team we're at. We're a couple of months into this new season now. They only had three weeks off after winning everything, uh, so it's going to be
2: all right. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't trust believe, the process. Trust the process that. exactly. Trust I, the process. I couldn't believe the Baxter out tweets. There's so many people calling for <laughs> Baxter out. <So>. <laughs> 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 They'll be fine. Look, Saracens lost what, 3 or 4 games once yeah. in all the bouts?
1: I say so what. The year Exeter won the Premiership in t- 2017, was it when they beat Wasps?
0: Mm. Yeah, 16 or 17.
1: I was working at Ulster when uh, there was the drop the drop kick. Uh, Paddy Jackson got a last oh, minute drop kick. Yes. Uh, to, to two to them, didn't he? To beat Yeah, I think it was two drop kicks Phil will remember. It was uh, Two Paddy Jackson. One to Gareth Steenson. One to Gareth Steenson, yeah. And it was a last minute win for Ulster and Extra. And that was their uh, ninth loss in 10 or 11 games at the start of a season. Which was like. And Rob Baxter was. Even then, I remember him in that interview just going, like, yeah, it's not good enough, but do you know what? We know
2: what we're going to do. We we know how to do it. And so with Extra,
1: they've been here. It's trust the process.
2: I think that's it. Trust the process. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? You think how long Rob Baxter's been there. And the thing with exeter is how can you put it's like a competitive advantage is an advantage because it's not easy to replicate and one of the problems that a lot of teams have is they really struggle to stick with management for a long time even though we've just said at bath you fire everyone i mean maybe the best thing (laughs) for bath to do is literally just stick with everyone for a couple of years but there 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 again you you wake up in six years time and you've still rubbish who knows um, <laughs> but yeah it's it, um, it's really really difficult and it's really long term and you don't understand until you start picking around premiership clubs like how short term everything is everyone's on two year deals everyone wants to win tomorrow cash flow is king rather than um, you know long term planning they, you know, so there's only a handful of clubs that can afford the luxury like Exeter have of a proper long term vision so it doesn't really matter if they lose two or three; they'll be fine.
0: They will definitely be fine. But let, let's let's celebrate um, what was an incredible win um, and a very good performance for Bristol.
2: Yeah, and another team that can afford to look very, very long term and probably are.
0: Yes, they've got enough money to be able to look pretty long term, um, and there's a, there's a nice mix of short term and long term. Yeah,
2: yeah, there's a good uh, mix of value and worthless. <laughs> extremely valuable. Well,
0: it, it, it's, a, it's a nice balanced squad in some respects um, <laughs> yeah. be, because you've got you've got some young talent who've come through the ranks and like guys like Harry Randall and Callum Sheedy um, who who controlled the game brilliantly sped it up at the right time Randall can speed up the game uh, as well
2: as any um
1: Young halfback. Outside outside shout
2: for the England squad? Nah. Six Nations? I mean, I would say yes, obviously. Because I... Um, I, Like, Willie Hines is injured. Well, why not? I mean, the guy's playing well. Uh, Do you think he's a top class... Well, hang on. Let's just just calm down a little bit now. What do we know about Eddie Jones? He likes loud scrum halves. So, just because Dan Robson is probably the best scrum half in the league at the moment doesn't mean he's going to get a shot. Him and Ben Spencer, it's, for me, the two best. But they're they're,
0: they're to... the best performing English scrum halves consistently for the last two years, yeah. I'd say that.
2: But we kind of have a feeling, don't we, that they're not going to get in, and the reason is, unless I'm told otherwise, they're not loud enough. Okay. So does Harry Randall need to be the absolute best, or does he need to be the loudest? He and is it's...
1: yappy. Uh, Harry Randall has got fafter clerk energy. Has he? He's got fafter clerk vibes, 100%. He's nippy, he's... Quick, unpredictable at unpredictable, times. Unpredictable, exactly as Phil was saying.
0: In a good way or in a faff way? In, in a good... In a, he's less faff than faff, yeah. but he's unpredictable. Yeah. In mm. a good way. I, I really like him. I um, think he's great. Um, I just wonder, like, because he is so small, isn't he? He is. He, he's, he's absolutely tiny. I mean, being stood ne- next to Nathan Hughes... And Stephen Tua, for most of the game does not help
2: anyone. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But like, <laughs> you look at some of the other scrum hobs, they're squat and powerful. But Randall's just a little bit breakable. A little oh, stop!
1: Fun. This is what this is. This is very English mentality. <laughs> this is why
2: Paolo Adogu is scoring tries for Wasps and and, and not somebody yeah, else. Exactly. It's exactly this.
1: Celebrate people for what they are yeah. and what they're great at, and, it, and it, it enables him to be amazing at other things. And uh, another young diminutive Bristol player who is just outrageous is Yoan Lloyd this kid is
2: out of this world good do you know what I really hate now it's really burning me up inside I I really hate it so much so much this kid is gonna have to make a decision soon because he is thriving in Bristol Bristol to me look every bit a potential championship winning team and we mentioned before they're built for the long term. It's going to be if you're a Bristol player, it's going to be awesome. Cal Sinclair made the right decision. Ewan Lloyd's going to have to come to a crossroads. And he's going to say, "Is my prodigious talent?" And you've nailed it. It is. He's and going I to be Wales's ten, but then he's, got 100%. To, he's going to have to play in Wales.
1: Yeah, I know it's ridiculous, <laughs> and it's just
2: not on. No. It's just <laughs> you know, it's a very short career. You're not what's well, going to do? Win at the Dragons? You know, go to Ospreys? And it's just not fair. It's not fair. Hey, the Os- Osprey unbeaten in twenty twenty one. Couldn't care
0: less.
1: Uh, uh, hopefully <laughs> they've signed him on a twelve year, multi layered contract with inbuilt pay increases depending on. Certain yeah, and things. they'll
2: say something like, "Oh, you know, is it? I don't know. Part of the mega thirty eight or who, whatever the squad size is that Wales 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 wants to pick pick now. You know, you didn't develop the sky." You're not going to contribute to his rugby. He's already in a team which is capable of winning championships and already won something in Europe. So he's actually already got a medal at this age. And you're going to drag him away and do what with him? Going take him to the to the regions? It's an absolute farce. And yet this is the decision he's going to have to make, probably for a pay cut, because if he stays at Bristol, uh, he's, he's going to do opposite. And, and the other one, of course, is Sheedy. So actually Bristol, who have developed both these lads, are going to be left without a 10, which they have developed... I really detest this sort of nationalistic way of... By the way, same for England. I hate the fact that the lads are not allowed to go and earn as much money as they can get 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 in France.
1: Especially after the last year.
2: Yeah, especially after the last year. Well,
1: if, after the last year, in terms of 20, everyone got a 25% pay cut, the outlook for rugby players is not as fruitful as it was. And
2: the last few months with the talk of the concussions. Uh, yeah, like some... It just winds me Like Someone in Wales thinks that, that you owe them, owe them your labour. No, you don't. Stay at Bristol, lads. In fact, that's what they should do, because they've got two of the Welsh... Uh, what, what are Wales going to do, not pick yo and Lloyd? That's a good in point. In years to come. Yeah, call their bluff. Stay stay at Bristol. Give them a whacking great big, big, big contract and call their bluff. And if, you know, if Wales want to carry on losing, they can carry on losing.
1: <laughs> Makes me so angry. He's such a natural. He's such a natural talent. I really, really, really love watching him play.
2: Yeah, I wonder how long he has got in his contract.
1: Two years, maybe. Uh, I think. Yeah. Well, again, chatting to a, a Bristol a mutual Bristol fan of our, uh fan friend of ours, JB, he, he's convinced he'll be a, a and Lloyd will be the be the ten at Bristol longer term.
2: Not if he goes to Wales, he won't. But I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure Steve Lansdowne has got 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 a plan for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would have thought so.
1: So Bristol looking very, very good. Um, just one quick message I want to say: um, what, what's one of our listeners, uh, Christopher Argent, has got in touch, and I just thought this was a—it's a sad story, but it's a really nice story, and it just demonstrates how great rugby is, And not it? It's quite poignant at the moment, albeit it's not directly—it's not well—it's not COVID-related. But uh, Christopher is a long-time listener. Now, his mum died this week. Not that—that's the reason for the message. He actually just wanted to mention how amazing rugby is off the back of a situation like that. And his mum was a lifelong member at Harrow Rugby Club, uh. where his dad, Dennis, um, is president. And Chris's brother, Nick, and him were both club captains and club men. So he, he just said that the, the number of messages he's got from, mm. from, the, from the match day cook, from uh, people that w- used to work on the bar, from his Colts coach... It just um, it just demonstrates dem- demonstrates how amazing rugby clubs are in communities and, and for people and uh, and all the more reason. why I just thought it's a lovely sentiment, especially when a lot of people will be missing that community from their weekly life and it can't <laughs> they can't come back soon enough. So sorry to hear about the Chris. Thank you for listening and thanks for letting us know about the brilliant people at Harrow Rugby Club.
2: Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Definitely. Uh, well, yeah. can I just say I've got a something from a. Uh, a listener, uh, it's an apology and it's also a thank you. So the apology Ooh, is. It's a great tease that if you just said that at the start, we got a we
1: got a message from a listener as an apology and and a thank you. <laughs> we we could have like we could have hooked people across a, a period of time. there. Yeah.
2: well actually no, uh, it's my apology and it's my thank you. So whoever, sorry, who, I'm confused. You're apologising. I'm apologising and, oh, and okay. thanking, right? So uh, a few weeks ago. Maybe a, month, a few months ago, I got someone slid into my DMs.
0: Mm.
2: Someone has obviously been listening to this podcast for a very, very long time, and said, "Would you, would you like a much-worn Miles Benjamin shirt?" Mm. So nothing happened. I just thought, "Did you, uh, it was did, one did did you just, that... just,
1: just? Did you tell your, did you tell your wife that you were having this DM chat?" <laughs>
2: no, I did <laughs> not. Thank <laughs> God you did not pick up my phone. Um, so yeah, some some hot miles, so so some hot miles Benjamin <laughs> chat occurred on uh, on Twitter. Um, I kind of forgot it. I thought you know uh, people say things when in, a, in an emotional state. Maybe maybe there isn't a match weight, uh, match worn Miles Benjamin shirt on its way. And then this week it showed up. Wow! And do you want to just pick it up there? Do you want? Do, do you want? Oh, is do that to what that is? It? Oh. Oh wow. It's nice, isn't it? It feels
1: lovely. So it feels di- it feels ever so slightly different from the ones you would buy you would buy as a replica jersey. Uh,
2: well, because, as it should be. Well, because it is, of course. Oh, it's got the it's got the GPS
1: thing in the back.
2: And you'll notice it's very worn on the shoulders from all the rucks that were hit in Okay.
1: <laughs> so it is the uh it's the black black and grey hooped
2: Leicester change jersey. Uh, the sort of jersey that I would give a lot of stick to if I saw it on TV but in in the flash it's beautiful and it says on the back Benjamin 11 yep so obviously I took a picture whoever this is has been listening to this podcast for a long long time and I say whoever it is because through all my DM chatter I can't retrace the message so I'm so I, sorry for not being able to find the message of who um of, Yeah you
1: we'll know, get back but, to you on that that's just JB's ad poor admin Phil would well, never have, well, Phil, Phil would well, never well, have missed that
0: but uh, yes well I I can tell you who it is. (laughs) Of
1: course
2: you can.
0: It's it's Lawrence Walters Yes, Lawrence. (laughs) You absolute legend. Yes, Lawrence. (laughs) Yeah, Lawrence, incredible. Thank you very, very much.
1: Right, and so when we do our very first... Can I just say,
2: Benjamin is stacked. Yeah,
1: I I was going to say, Phil, what what size jersey do you think, Miles, damn it, you've sort of half given it away, but what what size jersey would you have guessed Miles Benjamin would have?
0: So I've got uh, the little video that JB... Um, sent to the group and, and lengthwise it, it looks good JB's not quite filling it out perfectly on the arms and
2: shoulders um, I've lost some weight recently just saying yeah you're looking very trim by the way JB awful I look simultaneously fat and no, skinny.
1: mate, mate. mate <laughs> honestly, this is one of those times where people always say it. Like when they get older, you, you get older people who talk to you and go, "Enjoy your body now. Enjoy your body while you're younger, because you'll you'll never look as good as you do now." That's that's that's, that's, that, that's some warped sense of self talk in there, JB. I'm gonna Ugh. stage an intervention. You're looking in great, Nick. Enjoy it.
2: You do. No, no, you... nothing motivates people to go out lifting and running more than body dysmorphia. I don't care what you say. <laughs> 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 anyway, I'm going to say XL. It may maybe it's it's a big he's a big old boy. Is Miles?
1: It, it is XL.
2: Miles Benjamin yeah. wore an XL jersey. Should have played for England. He Should have played for England. He could rock for England. Oh, I don't, I don't forget, he was the Premiership's top try scorer
1: for Worcester. For Worcester, yeah. Uh, so when when the Patreon is completely. Well, it is set up, but it's just flipping. Anyway, uh, the conversations need to be had. Anyway, when we do our first shirt giveaway. It's not going to be that one. It's not going to be this one, but whatever one we choose will be replaced by this, which will be a mainstay and never come down.
2: Well, it's it's up there with my Brady shirt.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so thank you. Thank you, Lawrence.
2: Indeed. Yes. And uh, we are contactegchasers at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. On that. If you want to email us, please do. If you have emailed us and we've not got back to you, it's because we're going to do your email on the show. We have got absolutely loads. So yeah, either the end of this month, well, potentially next week if there's no
1: rugby, or next week, yeah. Oh, but soon. Good, good point. Very soon, we'll do a. We could do this.
2: We could probably do it weekly. Well, actually. No,
1: let's, let's do what. Let's do. Let's let's commit. Let's do. Let's get. Let's make it a monthly thing.
2: A little uh, first week of the month chat back pod. Yeah, something like that. Come on, Carl, chat, then. Oh, so, 50, yeah, 50, on, 50, 50. Yeah, everybody knows these. Oh, wait, no, oh, no.
1: 50, 50, right.
2: 50. Everyone right. remembers that advert. Right. Now, everyone knows this, right? Because the prank you would play on someone back in the day in the change room is you would phone these chat lines. So you'd need to know a number. <laughs> on their phone. Of course, yeah. Yeah, on their phone. You would... If
1: they go to the shower, leave their phone out
2: unlocked and you just call chat back. Of course you would. Yeah, or um, what was the other one? <laughs> friends. The, what was the friends one? Phone friends, uh, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. So this is how I know people have not played rugby before, right? <laughs> because if you don't know these numbers, be, well, maybe you have played play, uh, uh, play, played rugby, but like twenty years ago when these things were in vogue, you would get people's mobile phones, they've gone to showers, and you would call, chat back at five pound per minute, and you just leave it on the side. It's it's madness that you don't don't don't, don't know. Yeah, that.
1: well, just just the general well. Uh, i i I know what you're referring to now it was someone you mentioned this on twitter someone tried to shame you for it (laughs) and actually i have no shame no 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 right you picked picked (laughs) the wrong person because jb has no shame but the main thing is actually if you broaden it out to a bigger more macro point it's that that person has never played rugby of course they haven't because they don't understand the concept of just playing pranks on on your teammates <laughs> yeah. whether, whether that's a phone call or not or whatever yeah. that the concept is you never my god rugby changing rooms i knew where my phone was at any given moment
2: i sometimes so funny story right my birthday is on the 8th of july do you know why Oh cuz it's out of season. Of it's out of season. My Facebook birthday is on the 8th of July because I was so scared of birthday points. It's actually on the 8th, uh, it's actually on the 8th of April, which is banging the season. My friend turned 40 the the the, the other day. I had no idea it was his birthday because it was one of the most closely guarded secrets. <laughs> <of> <laughs> <my> <laughs> I didn't even know he was close to 40. I just got a, I just got a, a message from uh from his sister saying, "Can you do a video for him please?" Uh He's forty. I was like, "Well, when's his birthday?" I thought he's in the season. So if we didn't know your birthday, we just make make one up for you in the season. Yeah. And so yeah. So back uh, back back to that. I was looking at a, a tweet I sent saying everyone knows these chat, chat back uh, numbers, but then I thought actually they probably didn't because a lot of people didn't play rugby or do pranks or have banter—that naughty word. Well, but, also
1: yeah. all this, th- these things were quite like late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> yeah, we it's are fa- da- So it's a fair way to, to time ago now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. This is pre. This is pre. Um, oh, I can't even remember the name of the apps now. The the ones where you s- swipe.
2: I have no doubt that the individual that what's we're talking calls? to, the most dangerous thing that happens to their phone would be a soy milk accident. But uh, outside of that, what's, what's the no what's chance.
1: the dating app where you swipe and uh, Tinder? Tinder. Oh yeah, pre Tinder and Grinder. So, you know, <laughs> well, well before that, you don't need to call friends <laughs> these days. Uh, anyway oh, trip down memory lane Yeah Where, where, where are we at? What, what rugby have we got Phil? you got your, you got your finger um, on, You know
0: what's going on Other than Other than Radwan's try We've not really touched on Newcastle Gloucester We need to talk about this Yeah Yeah Because so, this was This was uh, Well I think JB Your point around um, Positives to take out For the, the winners and losers Is true in this However Gloucester will be so frustrated So Gloucester are currently Occupying bottom spot In the Gallagher Premiership yeah. and with 30 seconds to go they were getting a bonus point out of this game and that try right at the death for Newcastle um which didn't give Newcastle the the winning bonus point but did um take away Gloucester's losing bonus point I didn't give them the four try bonus point took away Gloucester's losing bonus point oh, i mean it's it was so frustrating
2: for them so it... they should have got they should have got more out of this game yeah it's so frustrating because they even had the event... Do you have, like, a a, a pivotable... A pivot... A pivotable? Pivotal. A pivotal, thank you. Like, pitched battle, almost, where, you know, the whole war changes. Well, for Gloucester, they had that, and they won it. It was a, about six minutes before second half. Newcastle had all, already two, two tries... Um, well, not two tries, but they'd already got two tries, and they are putting ferocious pressure on... Uh, Gloucester, And you think for the life of you, if they score again here, this game is over. It, it's done. For six minutes, Gloucester showed some real steel. And you think after that, they're, they're going to win this. Because they there's only some like five points in it. Gloucester go yeah. into the changing rooms absolutely bouncing because they know Newcastle can't, can't hurt them. If they defend like that and they can give Newcastle the ball for six minutes and Newcastle can't get, can't get over the line, it's reasonable to say that their first two tries... They could be flukes, and now... Specifically the Radwan one, that's just genius. And now it's all on, on Gloucester to go back out there and win. And they could have done it. They could have done it. And once a team starts losing, it's very, very hard to get out of that habit. They had two particular attempts to win. Sorry, not to lose, I should say. And both were breakdown infringements, and they were both mindless. And you think, this is... This is a losing team, not because that performance mm. was losing, because stupid decisions on the breakdown. They give away two penalties and it cost them the entire game. Um, one one of which, I don't know if you saw it, they were contesting at the breakdown Gloucester and the second clear out to the ruck, To the rucker comes in and he blasts the first rucker over the rucks so who's on the wrong side and then he continues to push the guy who's now off his feet into the path of the opposition scrum half and the, you've given the oh, ref, yeah. no no opportunity. Sorry, no opportunity to be on your side. He's got no option, he just goes right, penalty Newcastle.
0: Yeah. It's frustrating. You must be so frustrated when you see just silly, mindless penalties like that oh. cost cost your team. Yeah. Um, Gone. Gloucester. So Lloyd Evans, what do you make of him? Good. Because so I am I'm so conflicted. And I, I think this, this came out, Austin Healy was talking about this in, in comms. He has some beautiful touches. I mean, his pass to Chris Harris for Louis Reese samits try, I think it was last weekend, mm. um, was beautiful. Some of his running is great. Um, he does some great stuff. He is so eager to carry and hit rooks for a 10 that it's it's going to cause them issues because half the time, he's not there controlling his team half the time. Yeah. Um And he failed because of that. As a consequence of that, he failed to get the best out of, well, that back line, which having two of the fastest wingers other than Radwan um, in, in the league on, on your wings, but they weren't brought into the game at all. Yeah. Johnny May's only real involvement going forward was his pick and go try. Of um, course. So I'm, it's it's a little bit frustrating. I think he's got a lot of potential, and this, this was only his, I think, his fifth league start. Um, so he's not played a huge amount of rugby. He's got a lot of potential, but he needs to learn quick.
2: Okay, so I'm going to go way back on this one. Do you remember Yeston Harris having his first start for Wales at ten? So when he just converted? Yeah, it was this?
0: Yes, yeah. I, I'm, I think I do.
2: And he wasn't very good, I seem to remember. No, so he's got all the talent, Yeston Harris. Yeah. and one of the knocks on him was that the Wales team didn't let him have enough responsibility to run the game. Instead, they were stepping in. Stephen Jones might have played twelve or fifteen, and he was stepping into first receiver. Everyone was, everyone was trying to help him out when actually they should have just left, like like left him to it. And uh, I've forgotten his name now, Lloyd Lloyd Evans. Is in a situation where he's got really senior guys everywhere, whether it be Twelve Trees or Harris or Atkinson, who are all there to help, um, uh, all there to help him out. And I think your point that he's not controlling the game too well, he might just feel that little bit of freedom because he's got that security blanket. Maybe you yeah. need to just trust him a bit more. Well,
1: well but- if you go trust in the process, the process for Gloucester should be everything about what we do. Is to engineer space for Johnny May, and Lewis rees um, That's it. And Ollie Thorley. That's the whole. And Ollie Thorley. That yeah. is the entire process. The whole point. It's the same. Bristol do it. Their entire game plan is to get Semi Randrandra and Charles Pietau in space. Yeah. That's it. And everything the whole team does is
2: geared around that. And do you know what's wonderful? To get. To get those lads in space, you've got to get lads like Chris Harris into traffic, and he loves going into traffic. Yeah. Like, they've yeah. got a yeah. really nicely balanced team to get it done. Yeah. So Lloyd Evans has got two big and skillful
1: centres outside him to bust a hole, and then to exactly as Phil said, get himself back in a position to exploit any space that might be open for the guys like that, like those. And I think you're absolutely on the money, Phil. He uh, he's not. And I think I would put this. I would tie this together with. Um, what you said about them giving away brain dead penalties—it's they're not they're not they're not being street wise.
2: No, they're really yeah. not. But they're panicky, yeah. aren't they? They're just a little bit flustered and they're making bad decisions. Whereas a winning team wouldn't wouldn't do that because they're not they're not grasping at every opportunity. You know, they're not trying to win the game there and then. I think I think there's uh, I
1: think if instant if you just said to Lloyd Evans, don't take the ball. Generally speaking. Don't take the ball in. Make sure you're always able to pull strings because you're, you know, you're the eyes. Yeah. Mm. I think that means that that would it's, change his performance completely. Change that's
0: yeah. There it is, is that simple because there's, there's, there's just so many times where he's carrying and or hitting rooks, which which seems amazing. Like the number of times I counted him hitting rooks, which v- virtually no other fly half will ever do because you're clearing out ball for yourself it should be you dealing with the ball after <laughs> yeah. that
2: yeah it'd be quite impressive if you can clear the ruck and get in position <laughs> uh there is one other element of this which i do like about him which is he's brave and i think more than yes. ever you need to be superbly brave as a premiership 10
1: yeah because you've got to take
2: the balls that's the fair
1: line. i mean and like you say he's he got is. a lot of upside yeah. and he's yeah. got a lot of talent the, the flip side is if this is going to be their game plan when jake paledri's back 10. <laughs> ben Morgan He'd re- be, be great him. Clearing out rucks and, ro- and hitting up Perfect man for the role I like it I, I, like, <laughs> yeah. I like where
2: he heads at uh, I yeah. think Gloucester will be fine And more to, more to it I think they're going to get on a run I really do If they can keep I mean injuries in the premiership Is always a, a big one I love their centres Love their back three I think the fly half is good they they like Chapman. I like Chapman. I think he's a. I think he's a good little player. I think they're going to be all right. You know. I, I tell you who else I, I like.
1: I don't see him going
2: on a run. I think they're two or three games. I can see that. I can see definitely. Yeah. I can definitely yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I tell you who, the other guy I liked, in. At times, he it was not a complete performance by any stretch. Is their Argentine lock? He looks more like Alamano. Alamano, yeah.
1: whatever it is. Whatever it is. Yeah.
2: Like, when you've got now. Slater and Garvey, you've got two guys who are pretty similar. You know, bruisers, wise premiership heads. But being honest, they're not the athletic line-out type. This guy looks looks like that. I thought he had some great interventions to start with. Faded out of the game a bit, but he's a nice option for them.
0: Mm. Yeah. What, yeah,
1: what, I, yeah, go on, Phil.
0: I think... I think they'll be okay. I don't. I'm, depends on your definition of of a run. I think more than two consecutive games, just given how competitive the league is, will be it'll be tough for them. Yeah. But, well, hopefully, league have only got two I'd, wins, haven't they? Uh, one win.
1: Yeah. So we haven't mentioned.
2: Uh, you mentioned briefly sale, sale Worcester. We have not mentioned Sale.
1: Sale were one of those teams that
2: won, but probably will just. Take the result rather than the performance. Hundred percent. I did not like this. I did not like how they um, how they played. One bit. Very very blunt. Uh, again, it's this cheat code mentality, isn't it? We can we can beat we can beat teams by doing very very basic stuff, and we don't need to do all the complex hard work. It's a sign of how good they. You know, it's a sign of their strength, but it's also a sign of a sign of their weakness. So philosophical. Um, <laughs> I didn't like it, I didn't like it one bit uh, they w- are going to get better they have to get better actually because when they see a competent team it wouldn't surprise me if they get an absolute hiding from somewhere
0: mm. and then Worcester you said if you mentioned a few positive bits but it's, it's still a disappointing performance from Worcester they, I mean they did get the bonus point with pretty much the last play of the game the penalty try
2: Yeah, I, uh, I mean any team coming to the AJ Bell going away with a losing bonus point I mean, they're not going to be ecstatic about it, but it is a hard it is a hard place to go. Uh, yeah, I like how they play. I I, re- I really do. I think when you add uh, Ollie Lawrence into that back backline too, uh, they start yeah. to look a bit um, a bit more dangerous. I have heard on Worcester from a pretty good source. I've got to say, Chris krish Chris Chris Ashton is on his way. Ooh. I'm not well. That would be remarkable w- if they went for um, Van der Merwe Dua- and Ashton. No.
0: no, I can't. I can't see it. I mean, no. D- Duan is. We've been hearing, hearing rumours for a while about it, but that, that seems to be nailed on now. Um, and that coincides with uh, Francois Houhard. I think. The, I think if,
1: I, I and D was announced. Confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah you- I
0: think that is. I think that is confirmed. But that that coincides with Francois Houhard. Uh, Leaving at, at the end of the season because he is, and you you made this point. Uh, I can't remember. it Might have been on on a WhatsApp or on Twitter, Jay. That they do have. They've got quite um quite a stable base of player. All oh, oh, no no superstar. Or very few superstars. All players on kind of an even keel, and then one or two guys on serious money. And Francois Huard has been that guy for a few years. Uh, ben Teo. Was that guy for a few years? Duan van der Merwe is going to appear to be one of those guys uh, for the next couple of years, certainly. Who God literally drives
2: a Lamborghini? He literally, yeah, drives, literally a Lamborghini. drives a Lamborghini.
0: Right. He drives like a. Well, his his car is w- worth probably more than pretty much every other individual player's contract. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, no, no one else I mean... earns more than his car is worth
2: i mean just
1: get... do you think he leases that car he must He do.
0: better deal he better deal. i mean
1: that's 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 but, a money
0: pit as well that's
1: an awful even, waste of money
0: but even leasing it like you're talking thousands a month in, you, in you're not you're
1: a financial advisor jay you need to get on the phone to him uh, get yourself a nice nissan Qashqai.
2: kai we can put the <laughs> yeah. dog in the back dog yeah uh, god knows how much his dog is worth um, <laughs> by the way, uh, can I tell my story one more time about the guy who sells uh, uh, who sells yes. cars to uh, yes, to, please uh, to footballers? Oh,
1: no footballers? Yeah, tell me again. I've forgotten. So I was out with Phil.
2: Uh, I, yeah, yeah I, I was out with Phil. We're in. Yep. We're on a rooftop bar. Remember oh, those days? Obviously. Oh, what days they were! And by, uh, by the way, if there's some. Uh silver lining to coronavirus surely open air rooftop bars must be the first ones to come back right <laughs> follow the science guys <laughs> uh, so we were um we were we we were in one of many rooftop bars which we frequent, and we bumped into a well known English rugby player who we know and um we sat down for a drink with him, and he's with this guy who must be like late twenties cap on um Quite trendy, but young, youngly dressed. If 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 if, if that makes sense, I was just like, so what do you do for a living? He goes, oh, I sell cars. Oh, nice. Um, who do you work for? A dealership or you know what is it that you do? And he goes, well, I actually lease cars um, to footballers. Go, wow, that's incredible. Like, what's the you know what's the most expensive car which you've leased? Which he says, well, it's not really about a single car. It's about a package of cars. So he went through a list of guys that he's leasing, leasing cars to in the football world. And you're talking five, well, four or five cars per player. I'm like, how on earth are you persuading him to uh, take four or five cars? He goes, oh, that's simple. You know, the average family spends about 20% of their disposable income on car repayments. So we take that 20%, we, we apply it to a footballer's salary, and that's their budget. And then we supply <laughs> them with whatever they want to put in the budget. Like, that is insane. That is yeah. actually insane. So I, I looked at um, our mutual friend who was drinking with him, and I didn't say it, but I was thinking it. I was like, you need to leave this man straight away. You need to get out of here, and you need you never need to call take, Delete his number. You don't need to know this guy. Well, I, I know
0: a, a couple of the cars that our mutual friend who we were drinking with then uh, drives, including a G63 AMG, <laughs> which, which is oh. which is a lot of money. A lot of money. It's a six-figure car. It's probably not far shy of Who um, uh, Hard's Lamborghini.
2: Oh, That's makes own, me feel ill. Pally. Makes me feel so ill. Uh, <sighs> yeah, so it seems to me um, Worcester, for some unknown reason have unlimited amounts of money for one or two players and then no money whatsoever for everybody else. And I exactly. don't know what kind of squad building logic this is, but it's I mean surely you'd just spread that spread the Who Hard money evenly across your lot. I'm just something.
1: listening to that thinking, my God, what <laughs> I'm so glad I've never cared about cars. Because oh. it is uh, yeah, we got we've got, we got my end of the financial year for my business coming up soon, and my uh... oh,
2: I've got a guy who sells cars. No, no,
1: <laughs> quite all right, quite all right. I'm just going to
2: uh, p- uh, do my pension instead. Classic cars, mate. Classic. Boring, boring. Yeah, if you're going to get if you're going to buy a car, get get lots and lots of classic cars, but they need somewhere to store them. Mm. Bikes, yeah, I, classic I, bikes, you can store them. Well, I, I could I, really.
1: I have a 19. I, really get... I, I have a 1963 Vespa. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So Chawton. <laughs> <laughs> haven't had it on the road in forever, but yeah. Where is it now? It's, uh, doesn't matter. Where is Not it? I'm on a, a bloody podcast, am I? <laughs> <laughs> is <it your> house? <laughs> come round and uh, come round and steal my Vespa. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, never mind. Anyway, uh, uh, what, what other game? Uh, so, say Worcester and uh, Harlequins, London Irish. Now, one thing happened in the Irish game, which I uh, Irish uh, Quins game, which I just want to mention because this this is a little bugbear of mine. When is advantage over, or when can be advantage over? And I'm not talking about the length of time it takes, like 30, 40 seconds, or a minute, or a minute and a half. I'm not even talking about that. (laughs) But there was an example where Ollie Hoskins, London Irish prop, had a try disallowed because he lost control of the ball. Although I don't think he did. Yeah, I possibly thought it might have been a try. Nevertheless, ref gave it as a knock-on but he's knocked the ball on in the act of scoring a try <laughs> and he went back 25 meters for a penalty it's like uh, if you if it's not an advantage to be over a try line and all you have to do is place a ball down how much more advantage can you can you give mm, good question isn't
0: it yeah it's a, it's a great point that should have been i could have I would have been happy for it to be given as a try, actually. Um, yeah. But given that it's a knock, uh, given as a knock-on, it really, really should have been a scrum Harlequins on their five-meter I, line.
2: Where was where was the
1: penalty? Just outside the 22.
2: But that, that's irrelevant. Yeah, it was, it's it was kind was of irrelevant. I don't think it is irrelevant because if it was in the five-meter, like a... Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that to me... The advantage has to be a try. You've got to score a try. If it's outside of the twenty-two, and you've advanced it to the five-meter,
1: and and got yeah, control got the ball over the line, over yeah. the line, and it was brilliant. I'm just trying to find the person who put this perfectly, but they, it's just something. Uh, on the flip side, the, I think the Gloucester Newcastle game. I think Gloucester had a penalty advantage when Alex Craig had the ball on the five-meter line, all to give a try-scoring pass, and Radwan intercepted it and scored, and that was, the, the ref went, there you go, well, you've had your advantage. Advantage over. But um, someone put it brilliantly on, in one of the replies earlier, where, where they're saying, I can't remember, I can't find the game. Uh, but they basically said, it should be like the inverse of a penalty try. So with a penalty try, you say, were they likely to score? Yes, therefore I'm given a penalty try. Where, it should be the same. Were they likely to score? Yes, therefore advantage over. Yes, like that. Quite a, quite a good way of thinking of it, I think.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, particularly how far the, the advantage was played for and how far back the penalty mark was given. That makes sense to me. Mm. Uh, mm. It's, it's a tricky one because I strongly don't believe... Oh, sorry, I strongly believe that ref should be able to use discretion here because you do have to have a real good feel for the game as to when advantage is over and when it's not. That's why I said, where was the penalty given? And it'd be very hard to sort of codify different areas of the field and how long it goes and what the result would be for the advantage to be given. And if a referee's got a style that he gives a slightly longer advantage, yeah, that's fine. That's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I get that, and so I, I agree. I don't want to have a, like a three phases only or twenty seconds, and mm. you can't go back. That, that, that's fine. But it's just just on that one, I thought, for goodness' sake, like, how yeah. can advantage not be over? So it's just one little small thing, and. Um,
2: Oh, I've completely brainfarted what I was going to say. Never mind. What about crossfield kick? Because crossfield kicks are the one that everybody goes for, don't they? The, yeah. If they catch it, advantage. If they don't catch it, it's obviously not advantage. They don't gain advantage. Well, back I'd, to I'd say it's a similar thing. But so if they did catch it, and then went to and right, then ran out of the, dead, the back of the dead ball area because they were silly. Advantage over. Advantage over. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, completely agree.
1: Yeah. And the 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 other one is I I would I, one thing I would codify however is knock on advantage and I would just say the second you kick it advantage over.
2: I thought that was the rule though. No,
1: not always. If you do if, if someone yeah. kicks di- if someone kicks directly into touch they'll go back for a scrum quite often. Whereas actually and, I'd yeah. say if you if you basically referees shouldn't mitigate for poor skill basically. So in Ollie or dis- Ollie or Hoskins decision-making. or decision making. So Ollie Hoskins losing the ball or a player kicking it into
2: touch. Do you, know, tough. do you know what I don't get? Is with knock-on advantage, you're not... Well, you are allowed to ask for it, but it's frowned upon, isn't it? So, the ref's playing advantage, and the ref wants you to play. That's what they do. it. They want you to play the game. So, if the knock-on occurs, you catch the ball and say, sir, I'll have a scrum, please... I say, don't ask for it. They, they hate you asking for it. But actually, I think that's a pretty good way to do it. If you want the scrum, just ask for it. What, what, and as soon as it leaves your hands, say, you've decided to play the advantage.
1: That, that'll be a good one for like a scrum half and a referee to be talking when it's a penalty advantage, just to go, you need to do something with this now, or, or do you want it,
2: basically? Yeah, look, up and go, yeah, I'm good, thanks, sir. I'll have we'll, the, we'll have the pen. Yeah, that, that, because it's against rugby ethos, isn't it, to ask for things. Mm. So, especially with, if you if you pass a ball from a or kick a ball from a knock-on, you have tacitly accepted the advantage. The fact that you have the ball is the advantage. Does
1: uh, do, did something happen? You just reminded me. Did something happen with Kyle Sinclair? Did
2: he oh, did he yeah. say something yeah. to a ref? You've got yeah. to be effing joke. You can't be effing serious. Yeah, um, to
0: Carl Carl Dixon, who obviously used to be teammates with him.
2: Yeah, I, look. There's so many ways to look at this. First of all, you can't swear at a ref. Second of all, it sounds bad on TV. But on the other hand, if Carl Sinclair thinks that he nearly got kneecapped by a um, illegal tackle on his three hundred thousand pounds a year knees, um, I would be quite angry too. Um, I, Mick, I mean, I, well, I don't really care either way. Well, well, so? hold on. Look,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm just going to draw an equivalence here. Last week there was massive condemnation of. Dan Dupree with people saying understandably mm-hmm. he, got, he got a three week ban in the end um, and for balance Ed Slater got a four week ban
2: um, after, you, after you grasped him up after you grasped your <laughs> mate <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to text Ed about that
1: but a lot of people uh, the point people were pe- uh, making about Dan Dupree is he had the opportunity not to yeah. and he should have shown restraint and control what is the difference in verbal restraint and control from a, from a very experienced player, a British and Irish
2: lion? He's a fiery character. I mean, well, yeah, he should. I think there's no doubt about it. He should probably not do that. But on the other hand, we do know, don't we, that if you shout enough at refs, they give you, like, they give you stuff. Sometimes it backfires, but most of the time it doesn't. Ask mm-hmm. Owen Farrell, ask Dan Bigger. They're always yapping. I don't think Sinclair... Is particularly good at yapping, and it would help him not to do it. That's a coaching point rather than anything else. I mean, if he got if he got pinged with a penalty, which I would be ha- quite happy to see, um, I guess he wouldn't do it again, would he?
0: Yeah, I, I would have liked to see a penalty. I've, yeah, I've seen some probably. people calling for a, a yellow card, and, and that just feels a bit extreme. But a penalty feels appropriate in the, in that scenario. <laughs> yeah. um, or, uh, well, with or, a, a or penalty it,
1: with a warning saying. E- Absolutely, any more of that, and it's not even a yellow, it's a red.
0: Yeah, I yeah, mean, and you you could say, well, we, I would have given a penalty against uh, mullet-dicky for his. Um, I'm not even sure what I, the penalty was against mullet-dicky for I because hated he did that penalty, by the way. He did, he did seem to wrap, wrap his arms, mm. albeit I under. he was a bit reckless, but as in was, he was reckless oh. for his own safety, really.
1: Was that the one where Jack Knoll? Uh, Jack Noel tweeted: oh, "Is now now you get penalised for tackling too low?
2: Yes, yes. So just, can we just go back to that because he just reminded me what I was thinking at the time. It, so it's a weird situation. Yeah. So go Sinclair's on. carrying the ball. Yeah, and he's probably lowered his head to about maybe not as low as four foot, but yeah, you know, you're doing it you're in that sort of bend, sort 90 of ninety degrees you, at the hips. Yeah, yeah, it's he, he, nearly waist height. Yeah, yeah, nearly waist height. He's really gone low. Now, in order for Hi- Mullet hyphen Dicky. To be absolutely sure, he doesn't make.
1: I love the fact if anyone is a, a relatively recent uh, listener of the pod, they'll go. Why are they calling him Mullet hyphen <laughs> Sorry, uh, Luke.
2: It's, no, it's fine.
1: Yeah. It's fine. I like it. Um, go go back and listen to the back catalogue.
2: Exactly. See, uh, season eight. Um, it's, for him to make that tackle and make sure he does not make any contact with Sinclair's head, he's got to go bloody low. And when you go low. Well, you've got other issues then, haven't you? Like flailing knees and shins and boots and whatnot. And he put his arms out to attempt the tackle, but he wasn't looking where he was going. So the only way you can make a tackle now, and you think about the window, you know. So if Sinclair's head is four foot off off the ground, you've probably got a foot where you don't, you know, off the ground yourself where you don't want to be because it's too low. You don't want to be within a foot of the head, so you've got basically a two-foot box in which you need to dive through to make the tackle on Sinclair, which is exactly what he does. And he, understandably, does not expose his face, facial features to the on-rushing knees of the twenty stone. I mean, he's already block. lost enough teeth.
1: Come on! But like, I'm not putting my <laughs> teeth. At,
2: just the thought. I mean, do you know what? I didn't even think of teeth. I thought of eyes and nose. Now you mention teeth, it makes me feel a bit queasy you know i don't know what you expect i think we need to be a lot more lax on these chop tackles um because where there's an
0: where there's an arm yeah as as in where there is an attempt to wrap because there was an attempt to wrap in this i i think so i actually would have been okay for it to be um i don't know a scrum reset i'd guess um, as in attacking team with the ball retains possession and you just restart the game. In the end, they gave it as penalty, which I didn't. I don't have a huge issue. And I would have a real give it issue.
2: Of, did they give the penalty because Sinclair asked Dixon? Are you effing serious? Well, yeah. Well, that's a good. Point that's with... what it could.
0: That probably would have been the most appropriate yeah. to say, um, Cowan Dickey. It was going to be a penalty against you because reasons, um, <laughs> but. Sinclair, you can't yell at me, a referee, like that. So oh, no, it's a penalty I, against you. No, no. I, no, no I, I,
1: think, I, I think what JB was saying was, did the penalty only go against Luke Cowan Dickey? Funnily enough, because Carl Sinclair put a bit of pressure on him to
0: do yeah, so.
2: because I think that's exactly what happened. And actually, if that's the I, case, Carl Sinclair's completely justified to shout it, and you should do it, do it more often.
0: <laughs> I, I don't think that was the case. I think they were going to look at it, because kind of half the team stopped. It was one of those moments where you're like, oh, that's pretty... Because um, Sinclair, like, flew up into the air, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, he It did. looked... It was pretty startling for everyone involved, I think.
1: Was, was it Sinclair taking evasive action, basically?
0: I I, I think a little bit, yeah. I think he did. Maybe it should have been uh, two penalties against Sinclair for swearing and for
2: jumping into the tackle. Yeah, sounds like it. How would you stop Sinclair like, if he's that low? That powerful, that fast, that yeah, good. Yeah, th- this, is is
1: this is where it gets tough, doesn't it? Because he's damned if you do, damned if you don't sometimes. If if Luke Cowendickie just pivots at the hips and, and meets Sinclair shoulder to shoulder, then he's liable to get a red card. He's made the yeah. effort to go low, and he still gets
2: pinged. Yeah I, I'm down with the head injury stuff. I, I think, you know, we need yeah. to avoid it. But you can't penalise him for... Tackling his knees, his shins. I mean, he's the guy who's taken the risk there. Not Carl Sinkler. He's done everything he can to make sure Carl Sinkler is not separated from his senses. That's commendable. The the
0: bit I will say was um Karen Dickey was a, a bit reckless in he didn't I don't think he always had control of his body. And I think he was a little bit lucky that he got away with hitting the the one foot box or two foot box that you described before, yeah. Jay. Because he was a little bit out of control, but when you're out of control and you don't hit the head, then it's not. What's the problem? Really, I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think it's an offence. Yeah, well, I don't, I, yeah, I don't you, know what the rat. coaching
1: point is. You, you've talked yeah. a lot in the past about coaching points. But I don't know what the coaching point would be for that. You can't go lower. Well,
0: Just don't bother tackling him. Yeah, more more control. As in, he. Uh, Karen Dickey did fly in, and it, it could have easily been a missed tackle. It could have easily hit his head. But he, Karen Dickey had less control, so yeah. a little bit less uh, pace to it would be my coaching point to go for.
2: Okay, well there you go. Harder hits, up. more collisions, more pace. That's what I would. <laughs> uh, if he did it faster, no one would have noticed.
0: <laughs> if if Kyle Sinclair had flown any further in the air, um, yeah. a few people might have noticed.
2: Yeah. Oh, by the way, who is Tom Parton? An- he? he another great, young
1: didn't he? Irish wow. back three player.
2: The pace on that lad.
1: Uh, yeah. and how many games has he had?
0: Not many. Not not many at all.
1: They've got uh, they've got Stokes, uh, winger. They've got Ollie Hassel Collins. They've got Ben Loader. They've got Theo Brophy Clues, young guy. Um, Phil Cock and a singer in the just coming through the academy. They've got a lot of good young backs.
2: Yeah, they have. I, I'm liking the look of these guys. I mean, <laughs> some of them. They're a funny team, Irish. I mean, I'll tell you God, just on just
0: on talent. Before you go into that, <clears throat> the other guy who I do like, who I've seen a couple of times now, is is the young lock slash back row who came off the bench, Ben Donald. Donald, he's a captain as well. I think
1: when, when he starts, he's quite often captain.
0: Is he? Yeah, yeah so was... so he looked good, and he got brought yeah, he off does. the bench for for a lock ahead of Rob Simmons and ahead of um, Sean O'Brien. Rob, Rob Simmons more. started did no no. no
1: no no he
0: came off the bench? No,
1: no yeah. Rob Simmons came, came off, off the bench. bench, yeah
2: you're right. Yeah, it was the Mahu, and only... and, uh,
0: yeah, and Mahu and Maffey.
2: They were worried about and... him not having enough running in his legs from not training Exactly.
0: Simmons so a lot goes down and Simmons wasn't the first come yeah, off the you're rank. Right.
2: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's some good stuff there's some good stuff happening at happening at Irish, but same as everyone, isn't it? Keeping together. You know I I mentioned <clears> this on the WhatsApp group, but I still think it there's some reason I've never really warmed to Irish. I've realised today it's probably because of the intersection of having to be from London and being Irish simultaneously. Or Well, it's hell of a gamble to build a supporter base around, and it's pretty <laughs> exclusive too. I, I hear you, but. Are you from London? No, you can't well, support this team. Are you Irish in London? Yeah. No, you well, can't support the this team. So
1: London has got 11 million people. Yep. Greater London. A very, very small proportion of them are rugby fans.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: I think what London Irish have identified is that there are quite a lot of people who, for whom England is not their home nation Uh who are in London. And of those people, quite a lot of them, proportionately as a percentage, quite a lot of them are in the banking and financial sector, for example, Uh and are more likely to be rugby fans. And if you can tap into that little diaspora... Uh-huh. that that little Great group word. there's a mm. there is a quite a fruitful vein of potential fans not just irish because one of the things they've been doing they have on the back of their neck uh, they it says exile nation and i've spoken i've been to the training ground and spoken to declan kidney and they're very keen to market themselves as the home for exiles so yes irish but also, if you're ah. in, if you're in London, but you're from Australia, if you're in London, but you're from we are we we are a hodgepodge of all people for whom this isn't our home na- homeland. You've got a home here in
2: Brentford. Come and come along. And they're trying to tap into that. It's a very nice thought. I yeah. do. Lo- I love the idea. Um, it's not like a barbarians or exactly type thing. exactly. Problem is, they've already set the precedent, haven't they? So if you're Welsh, you go to London Welsh. If you're Scottish, like the Thistle Boys, they love they love London Scottish. So I don't know. Who, I would. I'd love to know who the first team was who set this. Oh, by the way, me and Phil. You haven't met him, but me and Phil have. I've met the founder of London Cornish. Yeah, love it. Very enjoyable. We've been on his yacht. Been on his yacht. How we? What's unbelievable. <laughs> what I mean, this this is without BT money this is just like wow. you know, normal everyday life when it was your
1: <clears throat> I'm trying to think of the other team London Nigerians
2: are in like London
1: and South West 1 or something yeah, like that they they're play
2: a... against old them who who was it Phil old, Vermo- oh, old ver Ver-Lanians. old very old Verulanians, yeah they're in that league or oh, they're around that. I think Bank of England are in that league too Mm. But
1: anyway, that's London Irish's thought: is that it's a, it's a home for waifs and strays. <clears> basically, you'll, you'll have a you'll have a seat at the table in uh, in Brentford, and then you maybe stadium.
2: maybe there's another way to market that because to me it does sound like you have to be Irish and from London. Uh, I don't know, London Exiles, Exiles, yeah, just Exiles. Mm. Mind you, they are actually called the Exiles. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's kind of nickname, isn't it? So I'd maybe I'd push the exiles a bit. Maybe get rid of the green and the Irish paraphernalia too. But you can't go oh, well, too far, can you? Well,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on. When we are able to <laughs> party again, that one day alone in March where they pack out their stadium and sell world records amounts of Guinness. Yes. It's a <laughs> marketing
2: also, dream. And also, let's be very honest about this. If they weren't called London Irish, would we be able to go to the Irish consulate in New York to have free Guinness? So what- well, yeah.
1: London, London Irish got us into the Irish consulate in New York. Exactly. And that was a great night.
2: So maybe London Irish is exactly the right way to go for us. Well, it, people in England
1: understand, it, in terms of branding, when you think of Ireland and rugby, you just think... For the Ted. So much beer, so yeah. much Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, it does the, does the job for him. Perfect. Ideal.
2: I think we've done all the games, right?
1: It, we have, yeah. And I, I, do you know what I'm gonna make a call and say we don't we don't do a preview so no, we know no what's point, going on. We no. could always do a quick uh, preview later in the week.
2: Yeah, if it happens we can get back on the mics, can't we? we? no no problems there. Yeah. Got nothing else to do.
1: No, nothing. Just interrupt another um episode of me watching Peep Show again. Are you watch me- <laughs> I'm going round I'm going round it again. It's so it's,
2: good. Do you know who the biggest it's, fan of Peep Show is? Who's the biggest fan of Peep, Charlie Peep Show? Charlie Morgan Telegraph really uh, uh, have you not noticed that on his uh, Twitter No. lots of Peep Show yeah. references loves Peep Show. I love Peep Show. it so is good isn't it it, it might
1: be my favourite show
0: it's up there it, it's so so good I'll tell you what I'm watching at the moment uh, re-watching though I've not watched it for the um, best part of 10 years is Parks and Recreation
1: oh that's so good I watched that uh, early this year oh my god that's funny so, I don't it's
2: like... a great show this is I don't know if I've been a bit too counterculture here But I'm just not into box sets or Netflix or or anything at the moment. stop, stop.
1: Your spirit, not spirit animal, but your spirit human... I know the guy you mean. ...is Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. Yes. I I have seen it. (laughs) When I watch him, I've said before, my God, JB would love this. (laughs) No, I've I've seen series series one. one My my advice would be skip season one. Because it's not that it's bad, but in season one, the main character is kind of... uh, leslie no this she's actually she's stupid and, and incompetent whereas in season two she's just she, her character changes and it's so much better ah interesting so skip season one parks and rec start season two and you, you'll love
2: it and ron swanson is one of
1: the greatest uh, tv not, characters
2: yeah. it's not that tim it's that i think that if i get into netflix i'm basically i'm giving in to government uh uh, manipulation to subvert me by watching Netflix. It's on They're, Amazon or Amazon or, or any streaming service. They've, they've pacified me. Yeah. I, should be, I should actually be doing nothing except for sitting in a I, dark room, getting angry on Twitter. In, in my stocking. That's what I should be doing.
1: <laughs> in my stocking for Christmas, I got a t-shirt. Uh, Father Christmas brought me a, a t-shirt which says on it. I use it my, as my night, uh, my bedtime my PJs. Uh, a Ron Swanson quote, which is <laughs> my my will. Uh, my will and testament is... Oh, I, can't, I can't remember exactly what he says, but basically it's all my worldly possessions uh, should be given to the human or animal who kills me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I quite like that. Yeah. I do quite. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm not getting into any boxes. And besides, every box that I, I've watched recently or tried to get into recently, they're all broadly along the same the same lines. I mean, there's some, some comedies which are very good, but all the serious stuff, it's all broadly the same stuff. It all ends up with a murder or some organised crime I'm or ne- something. I, f- I feel like I've watched them all now.
1: Well, that's, that's the only silver lining <laughs> with uh, the, the the extra lockdown is I, I feel like I wasted the opportunity to watch some of the classics that I never watched. So in the first lockdown, I watched The Wire. Amazing. And that
2: is amazing. Mm-hmm. But once you've done that, that is TV's good. done then. Sopranos, everyone tells me, is awesome. I've never watched it. I have to say, having seen the whole thing very, very quickly, all over one Christmas, literally over four weeks in Christmas um, yeah it's alright it's it's not I don't think it's as good as The Wire I think it's massively overrated actually okay I, I well I, I
0: like both of those actually um, I don't know Sopranos I kind of watched it when I was pretty young when it was on Channel 4 and then re-watched it a little bit older and it was I don't know there's something because I watched it when I was a kid but I only ever dipped in and out of episodes rather than like watching it yeah. consistently there was always something comforting about going back to it. It, it kind of, I don't know, it just... I always like The
2: Sopranos in both, both Sa- uh, guises of watching. South Park is incredibly therapeutic. So good. Yeah, it's South Park so is so unbelievably
1: good. I can't believe
2: they can make it. I, I, I literally can't believe that they can make it. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's great. Then there's there's an episode for anything that might be annoying you in the world. Uh, there's an episode that would just be cathartic. Like the... Uh, the... Um, the the like woke principal guy <laughs> episode that <laughs> oh, one with yeah. the yeah brilliant
2: uh, i don't know why it, it was not particularly related to anything social or maybe it kind of was i don't know but the dolphin dolphin plasty episode.
1: <laughs> oh yes,
2: I couldn't stop crying. That was amazing. That's <laughs> so
1: good. Anyway. Oh, the, the other one is so yeah. Just quick, if you've never watched True Detective, watch True Detective season one. I then watched True Detective season two, thinking I was really excited, and it was so bad. It's so I, bad. And I've recently been uh, Vince Vaughn cannot be a bad guy. No, that does not work. And Colin Farrell was awful as well.
2: The whole thing and so many empty, so many weird plot twists that went yeah, nowhere.
1: But as a result, I did never bothered watching True Detective season three. But I've
2: heard that's actually really good. I've heard that as well. So I'm
1: going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that anyway. So let, well, instead of get, instead of matches, just in case there's no matches, hey, hey, hey.
2: do you know where they're producing the best new content? Uh, egg chasers feed I was going to say Prem Rugby every week so that is basically oh that's so true yeah that that is that rugby is the only place that you can get fresh new content every week with a different storyline and that's why we, should, uh, why, why we should embrace it
1: 100% and what a great week of rugby it was except for very quick mention at the end Ulster losing to Leinster but there you go
2: that's oh great. I thought you weren't going to
0: mention it Tim sorry I had to get it in there at the end for sorry mate mm. terrible didn't even score a try the
1: unbeaten run is done dead where, where can everyone find us You can find him at Jay Beardmore. You can slide into his DMs with offers of kit or whatever else you want. I'm at Cocker. (laughs) We're at Rugby Podcast. Uh, We don't ask for anything. So all we ask is you hit subscribe and then you get every episode in your feed and you just tell someone, you know. Tell anyone. Tell everyone, but people are having a tough time at the minute. You know, let let them know the joy that could be in their life. <laughs> uh, as as uh, we bring your podcast, fifty two weeks of the year. Uh, thank you very much for listening. To let the
2: boys play. Let the boys play. Even when we're on a budget, we
0: still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for
2: fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars